Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the UGA Sports Postgame Overreaction Show. This is the Georgia versus Georgia Tech special. I'm your host, Paul Meharry, joined alongside, as always, Jason Budd of UGAsports.com. Ryan Nabolsi, publisher of UGAsports.com, will be on in just a little bit with us as he's heading home from Coach Donnan's house. If you see I'm in a different area here, I am in Ohio, so just making do in a spare bedroom and uh, hope that we can make this. And uh, man, a lot of a uh, lot of things to talk about, a lot of things to break down this last game of the year, Jason, especially with a spread being 24 and a half. Georgia covers uh, not 31 three. Uh, they do cover and get the win. But after that, that's about all. So, guys, before we get started real quick, we want to know where you're watching us from. So put it into the comments. We'll shout you out like we always do. And if you have any questions, make sure you get those in as well. Uh, last thing, Jason, if they want to join the show, the link's in the description. You can voice your opinion, and uh, we can hear from you there. Jason, as we do every show, my man, I need your initial thoughts on this uh, crazy game. Yeah, just, uh, you know, for, for Georgia, it's good to get that one out of their system. It's It was a, from a spectator's perspective, just a bad game. Just a bad game all around. Uh, I guess if you're if you were rooting for Tech, because even if you were rooting for Tech, you never really got the sense that they were actually going to win. I think the eight points at the end of the game was a lot closer than the actual game itself. But Georgia should have never had them in a position to to uh, you know be a one score game. That said, look, we're we're so far into the season. The only thing that matters at this point is one that Georgia's as healthy as possible against Alabama. I don't think this is the post-game overreaction show. We love to, love to go over things and nitpick everything. I don't know. Look, you got hours. You got a few hours on this show, right? I think I can sum up the show right now. There's really nothing that matters except for next week in Atlanta against Alabama. What happened on the field tonight? Forget about it. It's a rivalry game. It's one of those things that happens. Alabama-Auburn happened today. I mean, if, if Auburn actually rushed the passer, it's possible Alabama loses against a 5-6 and six Auburn team. Washington needed a game-winning field goal with time expiring to beat 5-6 and six Washington State. These things happen. And, and the fact that it was a one score game, but, but it, what, you know, it, it's just one of those things. It's, it's Georgia, Georgia Tech. Uh, the one thing I'll say, the one thing I will react to is that I've been making fun of Georgia Tech for about 20 years now, or however long it's been, right? right I mean, right, right. I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, they're not going to build the program up to, to the level of Georgia or, or Alabama, but they got a coach who knows what he's doing. And I fully believe that. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to make the jokes about Georgia Tech that I have so enjoyed, whether it was the end of Paul Johnson or really throughout Paul Johnson or, um, you know, the, the clown that they, they had previously. Uh, it's uh, You don't I, even mention his name anymore? Uh, uh, Jeff Collins. Dude, no, honestly, I'd forgotten his Jeff Collins. I'd already <laughs> forgotten his stupid name. And so, uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they got a guy, I, I think Brent key knows what he's doing. I really like their offensive line scheme. And so, uh, but 
If you're Georgia, you just throw it away. You throw this game away. You move on to Alabama. They'll get up for Alabama. We've seen them get up for the big, uh, big time opponents this year. I'm not worried about that whatsoever. You know, one guy who we can count on. If we can't count on the dogs, we can count on James Caraway to be here for us as the first caller. James, what's up, man? What's up, guys? How's it going? Man, uh, I'm doing all right. How how are your dog? Um, I mean, what are we gonna take from this game much? Um, it was the first time since Auburn that we lost um the uh, turnover battle and time of possession. That's kind of like the slog that you get into if we're turning the ball over. We're not able to lean on guys with as many plays. So, um, I mean, I think the team is what it is, doesn't change. Alabama's going to run on us, but comes down to third down, um, as it has all year. Who's going to be the better team on third down? I think we have the best third down team. Um, and then the positive, I mean, we've seen Arian. I've been talking a lot about Arian. And we went from Kirby giving them kudos for punt team to getting a carry, and now some passes. So who knows? You you save them, and Carson hits them on a deep shot when you need him the most next week. I'm loving the overreactions. Reed Patriot says Georgia needs a new DC. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I don't think they're I don't think they're that far off. Uh, I don't think they need a new defensive coordinator there, Reed Patriot. But you know, or Red Patriot. Sorry, the screen. Normally, I'm working with like three screens. I'm I'm confined right now, so doing the best I can. You know, uh, we're we're working through it. The real Reed. This guy's name's Reed. Reed Crane says I can't believe our defense gave up an 80 yard touchdown drive in the fourth quarter. It, it, what 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 happened, James? What was this game um, from a fan's perspective? Seemed like Georgia had it, uh, and I mean, we're we're really kind of you know chugging along to cover town, if you will. They were you know getting close to covering this spread, and then you had the tipped interception in the end zone, and then things kind of just trickled from there. It spiraled out of control. Now there's some good things that happened, right? And we'll touch on those. Kendall Milton looked like a boss tonight. Um, then there's some head scratchers, right? Georgia gets down there. They, they rush Kendall down the field and they get into goal, you know, goal to go. They give it to Dejon twice. They get stopped. Then they try to throw a screen pass to Muse with Arian Smith blocking where it's almost a, a tipped interception. So there were some head scratchers tonight. What do you take from this, though, James, in, in an overall aspect? Is this just one of those? I think Jason said it, you know, best. You kind of just close the book on this one and you and you go to next week. But you've got to learn something, right? Your defense was I don't want to say gassed at times, but there were some outside runs there that, you know, kudos to Buster Faulkner and Georgia Tech that they followed up what Auburn and Missouri were able to do. They they watched film. Yeah, I mean, defensively, watching as a fan, it's just they did what every team that's had success on Georgia did, and it's attacked that outside edge. Um, the big thing was that there were so many cutback lanes. That was the one thing that, you know, kind of bothered me. Offensively, I agree, you closed the book. I mean, Carson, he wasn't great, but, you know, two touchdowns called back, a couple right. missed. Yeah, that, we'll get we're to not, that. Yeah. We're going to see – Muse catching screen passes next week. I mean, you had a lot of guys filling in. We're going to have the full squad next week. So, I mean, Carson threw a 90-mile-per-hour screen pass, you know, uh, five yards away to a guy who's probably not going to be in the field um, in the fourth quarter of SEC Championship. We got a, a donation here. First one of the night. We appreciate it. KC says this is for Milton. Give him all the helmet stickers. He's going to definitely get a lot of them. We appreciate it, KC. 
that money goes towards uh, not actually buying helmet stickers, but buying us new mics and things like that. But um, I love that we've turned it into helmet stickers here. Um, a lot of folks, Jason, talking about the referees in the comments. I don't no? know. I, mean, I don't no? I mean, it, no. I mean, the referees didn't decide, you know, didn't make this an eight-point game for Georgia. As I, I, was, I, I am going to say, Jason, I think that the refs had tech plus 24 and a half. I don't put I don't put anything past the referee when it comes because the call on Van Pran there uh, was was a little crazy. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I was watching football all day. I mean, that's just the state of refereeing in general. The game's so fast for these guys, and um, I don't know what can be done when it comes to some of these bang bang calls. Um, But uh, you just have to deal with some of the some of the bad calls that come. I mean. But when it when you look at the overall body of the game, I mean, this was more of Georgia's doing than than anything. And I think, you know, Alabama wants to play a specific style of uh, you know offense, running the football. Um, you just wonder. I mean, Georgia Georgia Tech being able to get to the edge and create those cutback lanes by moving the line, you know, left, right, pulling guards, pulling tackles, doing all these unique things that. Um, you saw, like you mentioned, you saw Missouri and Auburn do it, but but not to that effect. I mean, they – I was just really impressed. It just seemed like Georgia's defense did not have a grasp for for what Georgia Tech's run game was going to do on any particular play. And they're used to, you know, stopping the run up the middle. And they haven't been fast to the edges like in previous years, but they weren't – I mean, this was their worst uh, performance in, in, since the Auburn game. I mean, just – Really, really bad at times. Again, you hope in a way that Alabama doesn't look at this Georgia Tech game and go, "Let's recreate that." Because you know Alabama's got got dudes and they, they want to play their style. And hopefully, for Georgia's sake, they stick to their style. They stick to their style. I actually like Georgia's chances. Um, I, I, you know, they start running. They, they start this. I don't know. You'd have to install a lot, I think, in a given week. But what Georgia Tech did was. I was really impressed, but at the same time, uh, Georgia should have. Uh, I felt like Georgia has the guys, to, or ha- you know, Georgia has the guys to to be able to uh, fit those runs a little better than they did today. Here's something I think we all can agree on, uh, James. This is from uh, Boo One Two. The commercials were ridiculous. Way too many. There was a stretch there in the fourth quarter. I think we saw three plays, and we had like 13 minutes of commercials. You want to talk about? stopping momentum of a game, whether it was for Georgia or for Georgia Tech, whoever had momentum at that point. And and there was, you know, times where Tech did have a little bit of momentum. Commercials tonight were unbelievable. I don't – when was the last time Georgia played in that 730 ABC spot? It's been a long time. I forget. Georgia put out in their release when they announced the game. I, I can't remember the time, but it's been a long time since they've been on ABC. And I didn't realize that if you're on ABC, you get – Boy, you just got many the, more commercials. I mean, I, it, it, there, yeah, I know exactly what you were talking about. Cause I'm sitting there going like, what in the world? I just feel like I just watched eight commercials back to back. Yeah. yeah and they, they, it was, I think, there was, there were some injuries there, James. And I think we're all thinking of the same ones where Bullard went out, but it was just one play, three minutes of commercials, one play, three minutes yeah. of commercials, one play, three minutes. I mean, it was to a point where I was like, man, I've, I'm tired. I've got to do a show for two hours <laughs> after this. Like, can we please get this done? 
Um, that well, was like pretty- Florida, Florida State. Uh, I don't know. That game ended way earlier. And I, I yeah. think it started. It might have started thirty minutes earlier. It started too. seven, but yeah, it ended. Yeah, it started way earlier. way earlier. Yeah, it never. Right. right. And you know, with with two teams that were running the ball a lot, you wouldn't expect it, it to drag out the way that it did. Uh, somebody said, "Who's the cheesiest? I'm the cheesiest coach." Yeah, that's what. I, like, if I'm every remember, every commercial break, yeah, dude, I yeah, started. Was, I started repeating that. It's a, yeah, it's all I can remember from this game. People are gonna ask me in a week from now, "What do you remember most from the game?" Like <laughs> the cheesy commercial, dude. That's that's all I got. Um, James, before we let you go, I've got a couple other folks waiting here. Any worry after watching that Alabama Auburn game? So I, 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 I'll give you my take real quick. I watched that Alabama-Auburn game, and obviously rushing two guys at the on the final play is, um, you know, you probably deserve to lose at that point. But there were times where I was like, man, I think Georgia runs away with this like 17 points. You know, seven like this is this game's not going to be close. And then we get to tonight's game, and I'm sure Bama fans then looked at it. They were like we might win this thing by seven or 10 points. You know, where are you standing right now with that big game? Obviously looming. The same. I mean, I still think Georgia wins by, you know, 10, 11 points. Um, You know, they're going to be able to run the ball, but there's going to be times where we're going to stop run on first and 10. And if you put Milrow in that must throw situation on third down, um, I think we have a good shot because I don't see them stopping Carson with a full, arsenal so their defense is gonna have to be perfect and then you're putting a lot of stress on a quarterback that it's either chuck it deep or um tucking it it just depends on are we tackling when he is tucking it that's that's uh that's the million dollar question my friend there were some missed tackles tonight uh that and folks keep saying jason right and then that milrow if, if milrow can get out there and do this against georgia well you know there's a lot of ifs in this world uh, I will say Milrow is probably the most talented quarterback Georgia's faced all season. And he has the legs. He's, he's, he's just a different type of beast, and Georgia has a problem with that. We saw it tonight with Haynes King. Haynes King is nowhere near the athlete. I mean, I say that. He, they brought up some weird uh, stat on the broadcast, which they were able to limit down to him and Jaden Daniels. They had to do like 2,600 passing yards. 500 rushing yards, X amount of touchdowns, X amount of rushing touchdowns, and they they limited it down so they got him and Jaden Daniels, which, whatever, right? Yeah, that's um, crazy. That's a crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They had to they had to get four stats a certain amount to get yeah. him and Jaden Daniels in the same conversation, but they did it. Uh, so the problem is though, uh, Jaden Milrow can he can run a little bit. Milrow can run. You know, you know what's weird, and I've been thinking about this. Uh, for the past week, um, the last what two times Georgia? Um, I shouldn't say two times. I said the two times they faced Alabama before Bryce Young got there. So it would have been the the Hurts and the Tua years. Um, you know when when they played Hurts, Her- Milrow reminds me more of Hurts obviously than Tua. And preparing for that game, Georgia had a great game plan. And they contained Hurts, and obviously they got backup quarterbacked by Tua in the national championship. And then the reverse oh. happened the year the year after in the SEC championship, where Tua where uh, Hurts comes in and and uh, you know that he ended up running all over. 
I do like Kirby's ability, Kirby uh, Schumann and Muschamp preparing, getting the guys up and ready for this game. I'm worried a little bit about the speed at linebacker compared to previous years, but I, in terms of a game plan, in terms of limiting the big plays, I do like Georgia's coaching coming into this game. I really do. And I think uh, uh, a lot of it has to do with being able to prepare for that certain type of quarterback. And and if we're being honest, Milrow is not the passer that hurts us either. And so, you know, if, if, if Milrow ends up killing you, it's going to be as a runner. And, and I think Georgia's defense, I mean, it's better than Auburn's defense. And I, I think they can do enough to, to keep those, those passing plays in check and, and, and also not allow Milrow to, um, to, to just run all over them the way he has against some of the, the work, the, the not as good competition in the conference that, that he really was able to stand out against. Well, James, how's the baby doing? We need a baby update before we let you go. She's good. She's with grandma. Uh, we came out to visit the parents for Thanksgiving. So I've been like hands off. Grandparents have been taking care of baby. Good man. Good man. Well, I love the uh, po- uh, picture behind you there. It's a great little, that's a nice piece. Yeah. So, they're, uh, we're all Bulldogs fans. Um, so this room is like all Bulldogs out and everything. So it goes deep with the family. Well, I'm sure we will see you rain or shine next week, James, uh, against uh, those pesky tie or what do they, what do you even call them? Roll tide, you know, elephants. Roll, roll crimson. tide. Yeah. Roll tide. Dog. elephant crimson. 3827. 3827. Uh, I love it. Right. I love it. See you, James. We'll see you next see. week, brother. Take care. All right. Let's bring on, uh, see if we got any comments here we'll get brandon on here in just a second uh ducati he's always around he says we're going to be prepared next week gotta hope so uh jeremy neighbors my man says gotta find a way to force milrow into bad decisions he made against texas i like that i like that um somebody said bama's receiver pushed off yeah that's 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 tough to uh to call there at the end of that game hell of a game a lot of stuff happening in the sec uh tonight jason you've got Stoops headed over to Texas yeah. A&M. You've got Jeff Levy getting hired by Mississippi State. Um, if you guys look, perfect time right now. I'm going to do a quick plug, Jason, for Rivals and UJ Sports. Uh, right now, Black Friday deal, 75% off. Get your first year for 25 bucks. Uh, we've got promo codes all over Twitter. Go check those out. This would be the perfect, perfect time, Jason, to go check out that Texas A&M forum because you know yeah. i did i did uh and <laughs> boy i, I haven't yet what's the reaction so far? oh my god they're they're talking about you know taking their eyes out with spoons um really? i mean it, yeah they're not they are not having fun with the mark stoops to mm. texas a&m uh, at all i think so, after after dealing with jimbo and going with the flashy hire and thinking that this was gonna you know uh, you know Put aside the fact that Jameis made Jimbo's career. Otherwise, you know, he's nothing without Jameis Winston. Uh, Mark Stoops has been the model of like, I, I like the hire. Not to get off track here. I, I do. I, I think he is just the, the but at the same time, I, I like Mark Stoops as a coach. I You wonder though. I like what he did at Kentucky. He took Kentucky higher than it really has been since Bear Bryant was there before, or, or was Bear yeah, I don't know. Was Bear Bryant at Kentucky? I feel like he was at Kentucky. I don't know. From like yeah. the 40s or whatever it was. Uh, he's taking them high, as high as Kentucky football can go. 
but you wonder if, if a guy at that level can make that next step at what, well, you know, given the resources you've seen it, you've seen like, I think Rich Rodriguez is the best example taking West Virginia as high as it could ever go. And then just flaming out at Michigan the way he did in dramatic fashion. So I'll be interested. I like Mark Stoops as a coach. I think he's a good coach. We'll definitely get into it later on. Yeah. Uh, Topher says Milroy. It's not a real person is the hey, best. Correct. No, 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 no. You know, come on. Well, hey, don't be the grammar police. All right. That's on me. Is the best QB UGA has faced all season? And then he starts laughing. I think he's going to be the best quarterback they faced all season. That's just me. I, I guess know. Brady Cook, maybe. Uh, I could tell there? you 14 out of 14 SEC coaches would take Jalen Miller over Brady Cook to play in this SEC championship game. So, uh, I don't know. Brandon, you taking Milroy or are you taking Brady Cook? Uh, I'm taking Milroy over Brady Cook. <laughs> uh, yeah. all, all the way, yeah. I mean, you know – Milrow, he is dangerous. I mean, he's sometimes he's imperfect. He's not Bryce Young, but God, the way that guy runs, man, he's gonna get rushing yards on us, like no doubt. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, tonight though, uh, hey, it's another successful day in Sanford West. Do you guys remember mm. last time Georgia Georgia Tech played at night? I mean, that's that was kind of weird to me. It's been, it's been a long time, man. Yeah. It's been a long time, and we were just talking about even Georgia playing on that ABC slot. I can't think of the last time, and there's a reason. Uh, we can't think of it because the commercials and the uh, just lack of continuity in that game uh, was. I feel like I remember, like when I was in high school, which would have been early 2000s. I feel like there was a night game, and that's the last one I can remember. There's there's three maybe 2002. I mean, or 2001. It's been it's yeah. Ooh, Real I, quick I, I have to remember 2002. That was during the day, and I think I was like 51 to seven that year. Okay. I can't yeah, remember what I, 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 it was some, I, I There was just one. I just remember one random seven thirty. So I don't know. Yeah, so it hasn't happened a lot, and but you know, hey, uh, I'm happy to be twelve and zero. All that nice stuff. Dave McMahon, two thousand nine. So I was wrong. Was it really two thousand nine? Two thousand nine at night. Hey, if look, there's one person in this chat that yeah. I will listen it's to everything up. this man says. Dave McMahon will tell you. And there's also one person that there's three things in life that are constants real quick, Brandon. There's death taxes and Dr. Greg Steely disagreeing with every take that I've ever given on this <laughs> Ever. He will disagree. He says Cook is much better. It, dude, I could say the sky is blue and Dr. Greg Steely will somehow tell me the sky is purple. Um, and that's why I love this show, uh, because we all have our own opinions, right? But, Brandon, your thoughts on the game tonight for Georgia. Was it pretty? But they got it done, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they got it done. I mean, I guess it's just one of those things where, like, you know, I mean, you guys have talked about it. All, all the UGA people have talked about it, how Georgia doesn't seem to get up for these type of games where they know the, the it's an overmatched opponent and all that stuff. I, I expect them to come out guns a blazing against Alabama. Uh, but, you know, just looking at the stats, I mean, hey, I mean, this was a old school uh, UGA play calling, like, you know, pass versus run wise. And it makes sense, you know, of course, Georgia Tech, worst run defense, all that stuff. Only 20 attempts for Beck. Man, uh, you know what? I seriously, guys, I am seriously not one of these fans that complains about officiating that much. I really don't. I mean, it's a part of the game, especially in a close game. I mean, it's going to happen. It's part of the game. But God, man, that great uh, pass that Beck gave Bell and it got called back because of the ineligible receiver. I mean, did that seem kind of ticky-tacky, y'all? Really it did, it did, but then also on that, 
if you look at the replay, Cedric Van Pran, for whatever reason, just like flops down. It's almost like he told on himself. He just sat down and threw his hands up, and then the ref threw the flag. So, like, had he not done that, I don't think that it's – Maybe they don't notice him. Yeah, but he sits down, and he, like, throws his hands up like, damn, I went too far. When in actuality, I I really don't think he did. Like, again, does he not sit on the ground and kind of throw his hands up? It's almost like when the um, offensive lineman, you know – does the holding, but then kind of throws his hands up after like, wasn't me boss. You know, like you're almost pointing yourself out to the referees. So it was one of those where the ref threw the flag after he sat down. Now I'm sure that they'll probably bust his balls in film study. Like, yo dude, you didn't have to do that. He w- he wasn't going to call that on you. Um, but you know, Van Pran's a good guy. He's a solid, honest human. He knew he made a mistake and he, he owned up to it and they threw the flag, but yes, there was some ticky tack fouls, uh, call tonight, and like I said, I, I I'm not one to complain about the refs either. I do think the refs had Georgia Tech plus 24 and a half. So that's that's my thought. say. What pro pro tip for the last few weeks has been wait till the other team scores because they score first always, and then bet Georgia to cover from there live. And then this week it finally bit us in the ass. Yeah, I forgot so about that. Let's just let Alabama go up seven nothing so we can get our head out of our ass. Oh, they they will. That's a guarantee. It's <laughs> definitely going to happen. It's, it's definitely going to happen. One hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about Alabama's defense? They're still. I mean, they're not like whoa, but they're still like kind of good though, right? Yeah, they're 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 good. They're you know. Uh, I know they're, they're not. not like, they're not the like, Alabama of old. You know. Would you say it's they, still the best yeah. we've faced? Best defense Georgia's face would be Bama coming up. Um, you know what? I'll do you one better. I'll bring in a guy that might just tell you the answer to that. Dane Young. Dane Young, put you on the spot here. Is Alabama going to be the best defense Georgia's faced all season? Hmm. Secondary for sure. Um, across the back with, with, with Kool-Aid McKinstry, with Terry on Arnold, Arnold. Uh, Caleb Downs, like especially in terms of athletes. Front, ah, I'm not, not willing to go there right now. I think Missouri was really good at slowing down Georgia's run game, and I think that's the key to stopping Georgia is getting Georgia in more pass-first situations, more third and longs. Alabama can do that a little bit, but, I mean, Auburn was able to run on Alabama when Auburn can't pass. And so looks like you've been talking to Brent Rollins because Brent Rollins says Bama D is a lot like UGA strength is the secondary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy neighbor says maybe Mizzou. So yeah, it would probably come down to Mizzou and Bama, but yeah. they're neck and neck. I've been saying, and it looks like it's playing out that way where they're saying like the front, it used to be about the front seven over the back end. And now it's like all the way around, you know, yeah. and, and, and man, I hate it when I hate it, how people can run on us, run on us. Now it seems like the tape is out now, like on like running outside on us, like big time. Ugh. Yeah, We're definitely speaking of tape. Uh, we're definitely going to need to see some film. Don't lie on the uh, outside runs there and what's causing such success for the, the opposition. And uh, the like. I mean, I think some of it is just football's changing. Like, unless you have a deadly accurate passer, your quarterback is going to have to be able to run. And in fact, like, I'm going to be surprised in future Georgia quarterback recruits, again, unless they're deadly accurate, then I think everyone's going to have to run like a 4 7 and below. 
I think that's just going to be what's required in football because defenders are so athletic and just to get the numbers advantage, just the threat of Haynes King running up the middle, open up a lot of stuff on the edge for Georgia Tech. A lot of folks in the comments, guys, uh, like Bruce Farmer here says their secondary couldn't stop the Auburn limited passer today. Worried about them hilarious. Look, they're a tough team, man. They are. Uh, to kind of downplay Alabama, I don't know if I'd do that. It's just it's also <laughs> rivalry week, and it's Hugh, and Hugh Freeze. I don't know. Watching that game, I'm sitting there thinking they said screw New Mexico State and have been looking at Alabama for two weeks. That's my takeaway because they they played Alabama as great as you can play with not having a roster that should be competing with Alabama in that situation. And there they were, 31 yards away from a win, you know, if they only played it a little smarter uh, or just average to smart. And we can and, scoff at that, but, like, Georgia Tech <laughs> lost to Bowling Green. So it's kind but of – That stuff thing. happens in football too. I mean, I like it's – I that Tech prepared for us all year. I mean, did, when they hired Key last year, he said, we have 365 days to prepare to beat a certain team in this state. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, we've talked about this too, Brandon, is you're going to get everybody's best shot when you're Georgia. You're going to get Georgia Tech's, like, I don't know if there's anything better than best, uh, like their bestesses. You know, is that a word, Dane? I know you're in journalism. Whenever Georgia loses, that that's easily one of the greatest wins in that school's history. Like, no, right. like, the, yeah, the, like, the, this one streak is ridiculous, y'all. Twenty yeah. wins. What the heck? Had they won tonight? I mean, this is probably up there. Dave McMahon could help me out, but probably their their most significant regular season win. I mean, you break Georgia's record of, like you said, twenty eight straight. Could be twenty nine. Most in the SEC. It's a home game, night game. This is a huge. And and look, don't think that Georgia Tech isn't going to build on this. Brent Key isn't going to build on this. Hey, we we were one possession away from these these guys. We just need you. We need you, Mister Four Star, to come join us. And like Jason said earlier earlier in the show, I think that I know I know you don't want to hear this, but as Georgia fans, I, I think Tech's. And again, they're not gonna they're not gonna go out there and compete for five stars. I don't think they're not they're closing gonna, the gap with Georgia right. anytime soon. But they're going to build something. And, and yeah. look, this – and I've said it before too. This game, it's not fun unless both these teams are kind of competitive. And tonight it was a competitive game, and, and you had had you locked in for the whole game. Most of the time you're turning this thing off. It's a noon game. It's it's 42-7 to 7 at halftime, and you're like, man, this was fun. Tech's problem is their hierarchy in the sense of like Buster Faulkner, what he did tonight with that offense – is likely to get him attention from bigger schools to be their play caller and offensive coordinator. Yeah. Now, if that's a Georgia in that situation, it's to take a coordinator and to make them the head coach. But that's just the hierarchy of college football where some team with more money that can give a, a coordinator a million and a half a year, maybe two million if it's a high – like Buster Faulkner is going to be in those conversations before long with more performances like this one. Hey, uh, Jason – Kirby downplayed this and even kind of scoffed at this uh, when asked about it this week uh, about, you know, Buster Faulkner and, and the like being over there. And Polly Dog asked, does the fact that Tex OC and other coaches were coaches with the dog last year, I'm assuming they're asking, does that, you know, affect this outcome of this game? And like I said, Kirby was like, our film's out there. You can watch our film. It's, it's, I think it's a little deeper than that. Uh, then he wants to give credit for there. I think it, sort of, yes. I think it's more of those guys are good coaches. Buster Faulkner is a really good coach. 
Yeah. I think that's more of what it comes down to. You can have a coach on your staff who turns out not to be that great and they go somewhere else and then they can't do anything against you when you play them later uh, on a, you know, a future schedule. Um, Buster Faulkner is a good coach. Um, they were, they thought really highly of him, obviously at Georgia and he's getting an opportunity at Georgia tech and did a tremendous job tonight with that rush rushing attack. And, and with that, quarterback. And it seems like when that quarterback is on, uh, and I, you know, obviously, uh, admittedly haven't watched them, uh, all too often. It sounds like when he's on, he's great. When he's off, it's terrible. So he's very, very hot and cold, but, um, yeah, with the familiarity thing, here's the thing. Uh, and, and I think Brent Rollins, uh, you know, when he comes on, I assume he's going to come on later once I'm off. Uh, he can really go like, like go into it. Um, you know, football, we make a lot of uh, – try, try to like the secrets of football and this and that and the schematics of each individual coach. So much of it is – it's just all copycat at the end of the day. And there's so much that's borrowed, taken, tweaked, and it's a matter of, when are plays called? How are they dialed up? And who has the best feel for a game when you're calling a game? And really the feel is so much more important than the X's and O's, and that's what ends up losing guys' jobs. You could be the most brilliant football mind, but you have no clue what you're doing, whether it's an offensive play caller, a defensive play caller for that matter, or a head coach. So I see coordinators who are exceptional. At being, Will Muschamp's a great example. Exceptional defensive coordinator historically, not a great head coach. Some guys, they are really good at this. They don't have a feel for, for something else. And so I, I, I'm kind of with Kirby on this. Um, uh, I think what he's trying to say is, look, our stuff's out there. You can you can scout our players. You can scout our tendencies. You can, you can look at what we do. One, it's on us to make sure that we can still do what we want to do well, and it's on them to figure out ways to stop it. At the end of the day, it's the players. The players right. make the plays. That's what and it comes down to. I think, too, like it's easy to say that just because like this aligned this way. You played without Brock Bowers and Ladd McConkey, and that makes your offense infinitely harder and more likely to make mistakes because that's your two best offensive players. Mims is probably right there in terms of talent, too. Georgia got better when Mims came back. I wouldn't necessarily say that Georgia's advantage against Missouri was that Dominic Lovett gave him all the intel on Missouri. Like, yeah, right. that happened, and it was it was correlated. But what helped Georgia down the stretch is you got Bowers back some, and you've had Mims back some. Next week, if Georgia doesn't have Bowers and McConkey which I guess we'll find out. I mean, I'm assuming Bowers is going to be okay to go unless we get more intel otherwise. If they're not there, this is going to be a tough road to hoe for Georgia. Yeah, um, I just want to put it out there. Nobody cares about your fantasy football teams except you, but I do want to put it out there. I made it to the fantasy football championship league, uh, championship game in my college football league. I've only been in it three years, won the first two, was set to win this one. Brock Bowers uh, is, is is not playing. Uh, what? And – we don't find out about that till game time. And I've got a tight end on the bench that I could have started. He scored 30 points, could have won the league. Oof. You know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying Kirby owes me 200 bucks. <laughs> Please send him that letter. Yeah. I mean, his reaction if you bring that up too. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going to, I'm going to show up uh, when I get back into town Monday, just come to the presser and be like, Hey Kirby. So uh, Brock didn't play. Right. But, you do owe me two hundred dollars because the SEC championship game teleconference, and so it's like the whole Ooh, conference. Yeah. yeah, right. So, yeah. Wait, how, how much uh, or uh, how many points did you lose by? Uh, so I lost by let's see, lost by twenty two, and the mm-hmm. backup tight end that I had on the bench had twenty nine point six. Who was your backup? Uh, Blake Sanat from Kansas State. 
Yeah. Wow. Is this is this a money league thing? It, yeah, it is. It is. Somebody said what the college thing I've heard about you, Paul. Yeah, what college fans? Yeah, well, so I got invited to it three years ago. I've won it every they weren't gonna invite you back this year. I've won every year since they invited me. And I lost because uh because Brock Bowers didn't play. You needed Kendall Milton. No, I needed I needed some information, guys. That's what I needed. <laughs> Brandon. Uh, before we let you go, because we do have the boss here, unfortunately, he's in the background, and um, we we have to get back to get get back oh, yeah. to work. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, thanks for letting me ramble on here for a little while. Love all your guys' stuff. Uh, the coach Don and watch along uh, day, and you make me a smarter fan. I appreciate you guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Clip that, dude. Oh yeah, that, this is recorded, man. This, this is, don't don't give me that material. Wow. <laughs> oh, he's not <laughs> but all right, guys, uh, have a good one. Hey, thanks, we'll see you. Take care. Take it easy, man. Make sure Roddy heard that. Oh, I'm sure he did. He Well, he acted like he wasn't. He was looking down, but I'm sure yeah. he did. Uh, bring on the boss here. Well, as we bring the boss on, we'll we'll let Jason go. He's got probably some parlays to go hit for these late games. Uh, what are you Actually, running? NHL. Yeah. So what? Stop. You're running NHL, dude? 1-800-GAMBLER, JB. Listen, listen, listen. You want to know what the hardest sport to bet and win is? I'm guessing NHL. No, football. Football is by far the hardest sport to gamble and win. I think NHL is easier than NFL, right? Oh, NFL college is easier than NFL. NFL yeah. is by far the hardest. College football easily the second hardest. The two that I bet on the most. That's great. So yes, you, that's why they win because football is the most engaging and the most popular sport, and everybody wants to bet on it, and that is what sucks the money out of everybody's wallet. Jason, you know, says, Jason, you have a problem. First, Stefan is, is admission, my friend. I, I, I'm a nerd a little bit on on. This hey man, I'm just saying, if the abs win, I get a hundred bucks, and uh, uh, that's all I'm saying. Here's where your money. And the abs are and abs were winning. If you become knowledgeable tennis, you can make some cash in tennis. Oh God, nobody tennis. cares about tennis or your telling, gambling addiction or your uh, fantasy football. Talk about the goddamn Georgia game. Come on, tennis <laughs> and golf. That's where I've done the best. There nobody you go. cares. Well, Jason, anyway. have fun. The party's yes. ended. Roddy's here now. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you later. All right, I'll take you care. Work, you got uh, 17 stories to get edited in the next 25 minutes. Come on. Well, so uh, now that the fun's over, Roddy, how was the game with Coach D? I don't know. Uh, Coach was not happy. Uh, no? Well, no. I mean, Georgia – I wrote in a column a couple weeks ago that Georgia was due for a clunker. You know, I was thinking it might be a clunker against Tennessee. I expect Georgia to win to go on the road, but you just can't win every game. Now, before I tear off on Georgia, I've been doing this a long time. I never thought I would write that Georgia has gone undefeated in the regular season again. I remember we wrote that in 2021. We're like, the perfect season. Then last year's like, the perfect season again. And it was the perfect season all the way through, 15 and 0. Well, they've done it again. It's another 12 and 0 season. Georgia is 36 and 0 in regular season games. If I told you after, remember the the last loss in, in the regular season, that Florida game where uh, Dwan Mathis and uh, Stetson Bennett, you know, were just injured or just inaccurate. And I'm like, hey, you know, if I told you after the game. Don't worry, Georgia's not going to lose another regular season game for the next three years. You'd have been like, oh, get the hell out of here. But hey, they did. And uh, this was a game. This was Georgia's clunker. This was the game I was worried. I've been worried about all year. 
I just been waiting for the shoe to drop. When, when was it going to happen? Was it going to be against Missouri? Was it going to be against Tennessee? I don't think this was the clunker. I think it was Auburn. Like I never thought George was losing this game. No, I mean George just probably should have lost at Auburn. Maybe and maybe. Well, you can have more than one. You can have a couple close calls. I had a couple close Fair. calls last year, Fair. but they were playing so well. I'm like, and I did not expect it to be this game. I, I was with you. I thought that was it. I expect I picked Georgia to win by four touchdowns. I'm like, man, they could run on this team, and they could, and they did. But you give 14 points off of turnovers. You have the probably the most penalties you've had all year, at least six for 60 yards. Um, so turnovers, penalties, you kicked ass on special teams. You know, probably saved your bacon a bit there. So I was just expecting, expecting a lot more. Now I told people on the board, Brock Bauer, I mean, uh, uh, Lad McConkie likely not going to play. Ra-Ra Thomas, not going to play. Uh, Tate Radledge wasn't going to play. I did not think that uh, Brock Bowers was going to be held out. But I did specifically ask Kirby about it on Monday. I'm like, how, how, how's Brock Bowers after his uh, thing? And he said, look, guys, when he goes out and plays, it hurts. And when you play and plant and kick and run and block and all that stuff, it's going to hurt worse. And so we have days of recuperation. But I never got any indication that he wasn't going to be able to go tonight. I mean, I knew that he'd be playing. It would be sore and it would hurt. But I didn't know that he wasn't going to go. And to me, if you don't have your star guys out there, you know, you're four of your best players on offense. And, hey, not having Demas Johnson out there is big, too. You played a lot of this game with two freshman inside linebackers. Two yeah. freshmen. Raylan Wilson hadn't seen the field that much. And he was out there a lot, you know. And C.J. Allen uh, having to play a lot. My point is you didn't play your best game. You had the most penalties. You had the most – you were minus two in turnovers. Uh, a lot of things did not go your way, and you still win, and you still keep your record intact. This team is built different. This team is strong. Uh, Alabama should have lost. Georgia could have lost. To me, that is a huge damn difference. Should have and could have. So I uh, think that uh, before we – you know how much I love to overreact, and at the end of my monologue here, it's like that's the difference between these two. And next week will be the uh, ne- the national championship is next week. So I think if Georgia beats Alabama, I think they win the next two. I don't. I, I didn't see anything that scares me in Michigan. I didn't see anything that scares me from Florida State, Washington, Oregon. Uh, who else is up there? Uh, it's pretty Texas, much it. Maybe. Texas, huh? maybe Texas, maybe. Okay, I don't know. Not worried about Texas. But Texas and Oregon. Maybe I should be. Maybe I'm, I, could, I could be a dumbass, but I think right now the biggest threat, if you can get through a running quarterback in Jalen Melrose, uh, who's much better than Tech and they have a better defense than Tech, this is going to be a much tougher game. But I don't expect Georgia to have another clunker next week. I don't expect Brock Bowers not to play. I don't expect Lad McConkie not to play. I doubt Tate Rattledge comes back. I think he's just – and Rara's ankle is pretty bad, so – uh, maybe you don't have those guys, but that's my point is uh, if you win next week, you, you, I, I think you're favored in the next few games, hands down. Yeah. It's been, you know, looking at this game, like I, I uh, told Dane and, and Jason after watching Auburn, Alabama, or just a great first off, just a great Saturday of college football. And it it's feels like it was so short, like, we were just doing the first game POS. Yeah, it feels like yesterday, and now the regular season is over. Now you know it. it just it goes it flies by, uh, but a really good. It's now. See, yeah, I mean, right we literally right. have SEC head coaches being hired today. 
Like, right. Off season's right. creeping into the season too hard. Yeah. Um, you know, you have one coach uh, finishing coaching his team, beating a, a top 10 Louisville team, and now he's a, a head coach within, you know, four hours. So it, it goes way too fast. But I think after watching Auburn, Alabama, I was like, man, I really think Georgia can beat this Alabama team by 17 points. You know, they, they, they can do it. And then you go and you see Georgia play Georgia Tech, and you've got to think that Alabama is now thinking that they can beat Georgia, maybe not by 17, but maybe 7 to 10. Yeah, but don't you think that Georgia's looking at that going, like, we can whoop their ass. They should have lost to Auburn, who just lost to New Mexico State. We should, I agree. We should be able to pummel them. This shouldn't be close. So, yeah, it, the, the SEC looked bad today. Yes, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Well, from a broader standpoint, I think that this college football season is probably evidence of why a 12-team playoff is needed because this yeah. is actually one of those years that I could probably make a convincing argument that a team that's ranked 8th, ninth, or 10th could go on a heater in three games and win a title out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I, I can't definitively tell you that there's a single team playing better than Missouri right now. Not even Georgia, based on what I saw tonight. I think Georgia's a better team. We saw them beat them. I would pick Georgia to win that game. But I'm just saying, a team like that in a 12-team playoff would be dangerous. And I kind of think that for what Georgia's schedule is turning into, adding Oklahoma or Texas every year, like they're not requiring a team to be undefeated every year, like what Georgia has been doing. That's not going to be fair based on the way this is going. This year isn't fair. I mean, it's not fair that other – Conferences can get in with a uh, uh, an easier schedule, and that the SEC championship could knock out their uh, you know it, it is it, it is an extension of the playoffs. Okay, oh, so that guess, this is what well, this is a quarterfinal game, right? Yeah, yeah. So quarter semis finals. So, but yeah. like you're gonna have teams that lost earlier. Like if Georgia were to lose to Alabama, that their mm-hmm. loss damages their resume less than Georgia's, and that's yeah. never been fair. But that's always been the case. This is this is the one season where if everything goes according to plan, you could have four undefeated teams in the playoff. If everything blows up this next weekend, there's going to be three or four teams that are going to be highly three upset. Lost teams are ready to burn the place down. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be three teams that are, are very unhappy uh, with how this goes down. So I'm sure that the uh, college football playoff committee and, and Boo, I think his name's Boo Kerrigan, Boo. the leader of the the committee is, is hoping that everything can go chalk this next week, but you know, you know, that's not how it goes. Um, there's one guy here that never goes chalk and we appreciate he's, he's, he's just, he's top tier. I mean, he really is. And Jeremy, I, I'm not talking about you. We'll get to you in a second, Jeremy. You're top tier. You know that, you know that Jeremy, you know, you are. Damn. There's, there's another guy, man. And he's almost, I want to say he's kind of like the Mizzou of the sec started off a little slow. And then the man has just been just on a, just to the moon trajectory and that's double g double g what's up baby hey guys how y'all tonight man doing great now that you're here i'm gonna i'm gonna put some levity on this guys Ooh, i like that okay we was we was missing four players tonight, not counting the defensive player that's hurt four offensive players so we had some calls that goes against us but we also got to realize that Georgia Tech's a better team than their record is. I can agree with that. They they beat two teams when they only have one loss. They yeah, played you- Louisville real hard and almost won that game. 
Georgia Tech could be easily nine and three right now instead of six and six. Uh, you know, I I can't uh, can't disagree there, Double G. But yeah, uh, another thing is we Auburn played a hell of a game today. They did, they did. But so uh, I don't think we need none of us need to get big headed thinking that Alabama ain't what we think they are because Alabama is what they th what we think they are. I've been saying it all year. Uh, Auburn just got got up for that game today. They got Jordan Hare Stadium. They got the yeah. late November hey, voodoo. And truthfully, you've been, you been playing these games long enough. You know what rivalry games are like. It's it's your whole season. Yes. If if it wasn't for that game against New Mexico last week, I would say Auburn is a lot better team than their record is because they have played a lot of close games. I feel like but, that's more of a reach than the Georgia Tech one, but you're still on a roll here, Gary. I'm not going to stop you. But we, the the thing that really scares me about the Alabama, well, not scares, but bothers me a little bit is about the Alabama game coming up. It's in Atlanta, and we have never beat Alabama in Atlanta. They are seven and zero in that uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes Benz or the Georgia Dome. I don't know if the Falcons have seven wins in that stadium. <laughs> so I think just Paul. I don't know. Can we change can we change the stadium to Bob uh Bobby Dodd? Bobby Dodd Stadium. Do like uh, Atlanta United did when they were waiting on the stadium, just go play it over there instead. Yeah. Hey, hey, Gary, how weird was it to uh I know this is weird for me because they, they added this this year, Bobby Dodd, that Hyundai logo on the field. I just kind of felt cheap to me. What did you like? Did you think anything of that, that big logo that they had on the field? It, it, it just seemed off. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it's different. It'll take a few years to get, get used to, but I think, I think uh, tech could be, could have the coaches that they need to actually become relevant again in the future. Yeah, they they've got the they've got the right guy. You know, more schools should probably do this. Uh, hire guys that are, you know, that's their alma mater. I mean, even, to work if, they out just, more, even more if they just not. take the recruits that Georgia doesn't have room for, they should be a top twenty-five team. We, we should we should be able to lock between Georgia and Tech. We should be able to lock down Georgia's uh, recruit, and we yeah. haven't been able to do that here lately. Yeah. Not not in the not in the world of NIL. It's a it's, it's a different uh, these these hey the kids in Georgia are some of the best in the nation they're going to command top dollar and that's just not what Kirby Smart's going to do he's not going to pay for it. I mean I was watching the Washington well, Washington State game earlier there was a defensive back on Washington State from Osceola Georgia and I was like dang well it, it's like this he's not going to pay him on the front end he's going to pay him on the back end exactly I agree on that he's. We, we've, we've documented that many times. You know, the reason you have a Cedric Van Brand back here is a guy who could have gone pro, and he's like, hey, I got a pretty good NIL deal. I'm not saying that his was, but you do I, it on a proven guy, you know. So you got to think that, uh, you know, Malachi Starks or Kamari Lasseter, you know, those guys, you, you want those guys getting good NIL deals. You don't want a uh, uh, Jaheim Singletary, you know, getting one coming in and then transferring to Miami. I, I, got, I got two more questions for y'all, and then I'll let y'all go. 
one thing one thing is do you think we can pass around a hat and take take up a multi-million dollar uh nil deal for brock to stay for next year (laughs) (laughs) i uh gary i'm gonna let you know so that we have a story in our admin that we have not run yet and it is basically how it is very hard for brock bowers to leave this year it's gonna be hard on him he is very much split now he's going he's going I'm, i'm sure he's he we spoke to people close to him, close to the family, and they said, look, this guy would love to come back. He didn't get his senior year in California. COVID knocked that out. He knows the NFL is not going anywhere. He's had the same roommates for three years. He loves those guys. He loves going fishing and hunting with those guys. He loves uh, you know, even stuff like team runs. He loves the camaraderie. He loves Georgia. In other words, this is a Roquan Smith thing. Roquan Smith renewed his lease and was going to come back. And Kirby's like, get the hell out of here. Go get go get paid. Go be a top 10 draft pick. And that's exactly what's going to happen with him. But he's going to ask Kirby Smart and uh, Todd Harley, what should I do? They're going to tell him, you need to go. And he's going to go. But he is going to be torn. This is It's not a done deal. I can't wait to get out of here and go be a pro. I think he's going to, but I think he's going to feel like he got unfinished business with all the games he missed this year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's another part of it. So this is a guy who, so I don't want to, I haven't run the story yet. Jed, Jed did great sourcing it because I don't, I'm just, I don't know how to make it clear that we know he's going, but he is going to be torn about going because he really would love to come back and have that extra year, have that senior year. You don't get to come back. You don't need to go pro and then come back years later you know, you can finish your degree, but you don't get this year. It's a one-shot deal. He's not like he's desperate for the money. You know, he knows it's going to be there. The NFL has been waiting for him for two years, Gary. So uh, they can wait a yeah. more. But, he's, he's, but even he's when going. you do the when you do the money piece of this, like, because it's easy to say, well, couldn't someone around Georgia or a group of people come up with ten million dollars that would equal that NFL first year? But when they sign that as a top ten pick, you're getting like a forty to fifty million dollar package. Yeah. Big signing bonus. Yeah, that there's nothing in college going to approach that. Not yeah. So that's okay. not, not unless you're firing Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> My last question is this, and this is something to ponder on: Do you think with uh, Texas and Oklahoma coming in the SEC this coming year, do you think Mizzou regrets leaving the Big Ten? I mean, Big Twelve? No. Because not oh, money. Yeah. money, money. Well, the money, money yeah, yeah, but forty-five million dollars, baby. But if they was in the Big Ten right now, they would be undefeated, and they would have a a, a, a chance for the national championship this year. I mean, maybe, but it, they did have to kick like the longest field goal in program history to beat Kansas State, so maybe they would have stumbled against Texas Tech or something. I, yeah, I, it's a good hypothetical. I get it, but like SEC money, Big Ten money, that dominates the sport right now. There's yeah, a that if you're not in those groups in the next ten years, that you're left behind and not even eligible to compete. Like th- this is all changing. Yeah, and how how much longer is the Big Twelve going to last before they get swallowed up too? Longer than the Pac twelve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the this is the final final week of the Pac-12. It's gonna be the yeah. Pac-2 after after tonight. Ah, the Pac-2 after dark. And then Oregon State it. lost its coach. Like, <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it. Gotta love it. Hey, Double G, 
We yeah. appreciate you, man. We'll see you. We'll see you what next week, right? Hell yeah. What's a uh, give me a give me a score real quick for next week? Yeah, I think it'll be a. I think it'll probably be a, a lower scoring game. I'm gonna say mm, 21-14 plus dogs. Ooh. Hmm. It's nerves. <laughs> yeah, 21-14. No, it ain't, it ain't nerves. I just. I'm I'm I want it to be a low scoring game because I know people love these high scoring offensive games. I'm just the opposite. I love a low scoring defensive game. Yeah. That's why that's why uh like especially when you got two really good offenses that the defenses are stopping. Right. Hey John said uh what juke joint is GG about to head to? What are you doing tonight, double G? No, I'm I'm probably about to head to bed. <laughs> I heard that. I but don't. Hey, man. I don't. I, I quit drinking about four or five years ago, so I don't go to drink no more. Well, that's good. That's good. I'm. I'm proud of you, Double G. We will. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Okay, y'all have a good night. Be blessed, guys. You Thanks, too. Gary. Clearly, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a man that he probably he's got two kids, so he might he might be drinking heavy. I don't know. I don't want to speak for him though. Jeremy, what's up, man? Going on, guys. No, I I ain't drinking. I man, I don't drink near like I used to. Uh, no, I've never been a heavy drinker to begin with, but I definitely don't get to drink like I used to. It's more uh, maybe at a at a family function or on the on the rare date night. Man, the wife get now that uh, right, it's uh, right. few and far between these days. I heard uh, that. What uh, what's your thoughts on this game, man? Uh, you know. Much you know, much like everybody else, uh, I think the well, I don't think it had an effect on what the outcome was going to be. I do think the officiating affected the the score of the game. Again, you know, taking away that uh, uh, taking away that Dylan Bell catch, uh, and I don't know what y'all thought about the one that they took away earlier. I thought maybe uh, the one where I guess they determined him to be incomplete. I I thought that was still kind of close. Yeah, what did what did coach say about that, Roddy? Did he have an opinion on that? Uh, the Dylan Bell, about the Dylan Bell, like fingertip yeah. catch. Yeah, he thought it should be a catch, but he said, you know, you don't because he didn't pull it into his body. He's like, you know, he's holding it, and that's control. But then he said, when they said, well, well it's overturned, it's no longer a catch. He goes, well, I guess you do got to pull it in. So uh, he was not. He was expecting it kind of to be overturned because he's like, this is ACC refs. <laughs> I remember. He's got a history of being screwed over in that stadium. So uh, they actually and they showed it him. tonight. They yeah. showed him while we're sitting beside him. <laughs> oh, he's this is a man who has been absolutely hosed by those refs. So uh, with personal experience, he knows that it's going to be shit. But yeah, the refs were bad, uh, and I, I hated that uh, Cedric Van Brand got called for legal man downfield. But I almost feel like he could have sold it. Because once he realized he'd climbed to the second level, he kind of sat down. Like, Thank you. I said that. I said that. That's exactly ah, what I said. Ref looks and goes, oh, yeah, you're not supposed to be here. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly no. what happened. He, he, was sitting, he was sitting right in front of the ref. He sat down and was like, oh, shit, my bad. And the ref was like, oh, well. Yeah, oh, yeah that's right. Was. It's that commercial where the guy's like, uh, the ball's off me, ref. And they handed yeah. over the basketball commercial. Well, yeah. My biggest thing, and I'll leave it at that, uh, I thought they were calling Georgia for every and every little thing possible tonight. 
And Georgia, I thought, was coming into this game the least penalized team in the SEC. They didn't just lose discipline all of a sudden. I'll just leave it at that. So I thought I, I thought I, it was very ticky-tack. These now, things are – Georgia Tech call for a bunch of punches, and there were a bunch of punches thrown. And these things aren't mutually exclusive, Jeremy. Like, both these things can be true, what you're saying. But also, like, when Georgia has the turnovers that it does, it's kind of hard to point the fingers elsewhere in terms of, like, inconsistencies or sloppy things. Like, Georgia really hurt itself in this game. Yeah, they That's did, fair. but at the same time, they wouldn't have had that interception in the end zone. The tipped interception had uh, they not called the, the penalty on Van Pran, so it could go both ways, I guess. Well, and, and I'd say that's probably, if I got an overreaction to this game, that one particular drive where Beck ended up throwing the pick in the end zone, that was the drive where I thought, all right, I was thinking, here's the drive to milk the clock and just let, let them run their guts out. But we started throwing our way down the field a little bit. I thought for sure, I was like, all right, here's where we can really, you know, cut their heart out Milton's gashing them for eight, nine yards of pop. And then we'll put a, we'll get a score. And then this will pretty much put this thing on ice. And that's not what happened. We end up start, we start passing and then we end up getting the deflected pick in the end zone. That's, that was probably, if I've got the, the biggest gripe, it was probably that drive right there that just, I thought really honestly could have been a straight running drive and we would have ended up with, with the touchdown. That's just my thought. Because it seemed like in the third quarter, like Georgia can kind of run away with this and kind of ease into the night. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, oh, it's a one possession game pretty late here. And it didn't have to be that way. Yeah. And you, and you had to, I mean, heck, there was what close to four minutes left. You had to, you had to get a couple first downs to make sure Georgia Tech didn't get the ball back to potentially tie the game. Like you, you had to go out there and, and you couldn't just sit on it. You had to, you had to make some plays, which they did. Georgia did, obviously, but. It, it was a lot closer than I think anybody anticipated, right? And an eight-point game is, uh, I mean, a huge win for – and they say moral victories don't count and, and and college football coaches don't care about moral victories. Brent Key is low-key. He's celebrating tonight in his, oh, yeah. in, in his head. I mean, I think you had two offensive coordinators that had really good games today. And Bobo was a little hamstrung by not having his best guys in there. But, like, that play that Tech ran where it was kind of the, the fake reverse and it looked like Haynes uh, was going to be throwing on the run and he kept it for, like, 11 yards to the right. Like, that was one of the cooler plays I've ever seen. And, yeah. like, I, I think a ton of offense is yeah. going to steal that. I wouldn't be surprised if Bama took that one for next week. And yeah. they brought in the other quarterback on his keeper as well done. I mean, it's a look, they, they've had good formations that took advantage of what the way Georgia's defense plays. You had a guy who's seen it, who's coached against it. He knew how to get them out of their gaps. He also knew that you're missing uh, Dumas Johnson. You're going to have some new guys out there. But even even Kamari Lasser gets a, a flag on. You know, uh, Malachi Starks gets a penalty. You know, it's just. It's a clunker, you know. Cedric Van Prang gets called for legal man downfield. It's just, you know, bad. It's well, a bad game. And like you, you know? said, Roddy, and I think someone else is saying it, it could have been fifty-two to seven. You know? I'm just gonna I'm gonna chalk this up to it being rivalry week. These kids are yep. 18, 22 years old. They've been up for three weeks in a row against some huge conference opponents. It's yep. it's hard to maintain that, you know, that ability to get up every game. And then just thank goodness, you know, they they were still able to do enough to get the win tonight. And, you know, now it's, we'll move on to Bama. Uh, you know, I had a friend, we were, I was talking with him tonight. I was like, you know, I said, 
you know, Bama, you know, Bama could definitely beat our butt next weekend. But as this is not the Alabama of, you know, the last decade, honestly, not even two years ago mm-hmm. with no. Bryce Young. I said, this team is very beatable. Like, I, I was like, I don't see any reason why Georgia doesn't beat them next weekend. Again, that's not to say the same that Georgia can't be beat next weekend. But I see no reason why Georgia doesn't win next Saturday. When does when does the the tide change on this? And no pun intended with the word wording there. When does it change from? Because I still feel like Georgia fans are still scared of Alabama. That the big brother little brother syndrome. Even though Georgia has won two national titles in a row, it's still kind of the Alabama is still the big brother. It doesn't matter. When does that? Cha- is it this game that changes that? And I'll kind of throw that around the whole horn. I'll start with you, Jeremy, but is, does it – I feel like maybe this is the game where it's like, all right, we finally can go out there and we are the big brother now. But there's still some little brother syndrome going around Georgia, even though you've won two national titles. I think it's because of that guy standing on the other sideline. I mean, I think that's got a lot to do with it. Uh, yeah. you know, Saban, I mean, I think that's got a lot to do with it, really. Uh, and the fact that he's – and he's – I mean, they, he, they've done a great job coaching this team – back up from where they were at the earlier part of the season. I mean, honestly, you know, after the Texas loss and then the yeah, South I thought, were three team, game, yeah. I, thought yeah. I was like, man, this, this might be a three loss Bama team. And I mean, credit to them, man, they put it together. Mill wrote that, you know, they found things and got it clicking and now they're, you know, they went 11 and one. I mean, that's been a great coaching job by them this year, but they're still, they are still very beatable. Roddy, is it, is it, am I, am I tripping here? Am, I think I'm. No, I mean, there, there's fear of them, but. Again, how many times have you beat him? Not very many. Once since Kirby's been here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, we were talking about three regular season uh, uh, undefeated seasons. You know, the, the season prior to that was COVID. They had 10 games. Georgia lost to Florida and uh, Alabama in the regular season. Then you get your first regular season undefeated. You play Alabama. Alabama kicks, stomps your head in. Uh, then you get them again uh, in playoffs, and you beat them. But even then, took a pick six, and you played like crap for three quarters. I mean, you can't tell me – you didn't go into that game and kick Alabama's ass for your first national title in 40 years. You played like crap, you know, and then uh, they can't, they didn't play much better, you know, but it's just – you didn't feel like you dominated them. So uh, you beat them once. That's what I'm, so that's what I'm kind of hoping for. And then yeah. what, what are they doing right now? What are they? Why, why are they red hot? Quarterback play. Yeah. Uh, you've faced running quarterbacks all year. They've given you given you fits. I mean, Auburn, plenty of other teams. You know, it's just you can't stop that guy. Tech tonight. Well, now you're going to find a guy who's better than all of those guys combined. So it's you should be concerned about it. You can beat them. This isn't a, this isn't the Alabama. Just like Tech isn't your your grandpa's Georgia Tech team. This isn't your grandpa's Alabama team. This team makes a lot of mistakes. They're heavily penalized. Uh, they don't have – they're not as, nearly as good on defense as they have been in the past. You should win this game. But you just – you're going to have to – you're going to have to scheme a, a way to stop uh, Milrow because he's good. You know, I know they benched him. Doesn't matter. He's uh, – they've figured out a way to work with him. So that's why you get that little brother syndrome because next week you're going up against your kryptonite. You know, that's a uh, the thing that's given you fits all year. And, again, we don't have the same defense when we look across the front. We don't see the same guys. We don't see the same people. But I guess one of the, maybe the biggest takeaways today was the fact that Georgia said, yeah, they, they're, they're 
schemes worked, their formations worked, their running quarterback worked, but they also got push. They pushed Georgia's defensive front around. And if you look at uh, Proctor at uh, that, that left tackle, yeah, he's a true freshman, you know, he's but he's good. So they're going to have some guys. They got some weapons. And they've got Jermaine Burton, who I know Georgia fans like to make fun of, but he's good. They got Caleb Downs, probably going to win. Uh, not, I know he'll be a freshman All American, but he could be a regular All American. So yeah, there's a lot of. Hey, you're into the play. You're playing for a championship in the SEC. You're going to be facing a great team. If you win, then you're going to be facing another great team in the playoffs. So it gets harder and harder to win at the end of the season. So doesn't matter that it's Alabama. If it was LSU, we'd be talking about. Here comes Jaden Daniels and how good he is. You know, if it was Ole Miss, we'd be like, well, you stop Jackson Dart once, but can you do it twice? You know, so it's we're going to you're going to hype up anybody you're playing. To this extent, though, Dane, with Alabama, is are you going to hype? Are you going to does it does the tide turn if Georgia wins this? It does the little brother syndrome finally go away? Not if it's close, then you're just going to say that's still two of the best two programs that there are, and Georgia edged True. them out. Like that's that's the case in the national championship is that Keely Ringo had the pick six, and it was a celebration. We know all that, but those are two very competitive, close teams. It's going to take an overwhelming win for Georgia against Alabama to change the narrative that you're saying. Because, like, what's the most pivotal game of recent history? I mean, I, national championships, I see, but like, what got Georgia to be in that class? 2015. Alabama, Georgia. And Roddy, you and I were both there. We didn't really know each other at the time. Paul, you may have been there too. You looked on that field and you said, oh, Georgia ain't ready for this. Georgia don't have those guys. And now you look at it and you say, Georgia has those guys. And in fact, I look at this and I say, Alabama doesn't have the skill guys that Georgia does right now. And that's different. And that's my thing. I do. Th- I think the opportunity is finally there next weekend. If we can limit Milro, I don't think there's any way to stop him. I think if we can limit him, oh, just make it throw. They can beat you with your arm. Yeah, just make him throw the ball. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, if we could limit him, I think the possibility is there that Georgia can finally return the favor and kick Bama's head in. Uh, but again, I, I don't expect that to happen. But I think the opportunity is there next weekend if they can, if the defense can find a way to limit Milrow and get you know get a few more punts out of them than um, you know what they've done the last few times they've met up. I suppose the other thing, Paul, is that if Georgia does three peat, that's something that Nick Saban never did, and he's the best coach in the history of college. Football. And that's that's what I want over that is that is a personal thing that I want just to say to Bama fans if Georgia can pull this off is to tell them well you know yeah y'all may have all these titles but y'all don't have three in a row y'all don't mm. have that nobody mm. nobody well honestly to me as far as I'm concerned I know I think they said Minnesota was the last one but to me yes yeah, that's would a be the first time something like this has been done because Minnesota those were voted on champions no one has done this on the field three times in a row not in college football. Well, not yeah. only that, but like half of Saban's came before the playoff even happened. And so there was one fewer game involved. And I, I think with Georgia or Bama, you give them a month with those rosters to prepare for anybody. I think it's why Roddy and I agree with you that the national championship is essentially in Atlanta because I like Georgia or Bama with a month against anyone. Well, and that's and that's kind of what I was going to say. I wanted to ask you. I think Roddy ended up hitting on it, though, before I came on. I was going to ask who potentially worries you. Like if I, like if I had to pick two teams that would – a couple of teams that would 
worry me that think I think they could give Georgia matchup headaches. To me, it's two one-loss teams, Texas and Oregon, because I think their passing game could give Georgia fits. Totally but none agree. of the other undefeated teams scare me. <laughs> Coincidentally, Ooh, Michigan. That's a good point. I don't think Michigan – Michigan's very physical. I think that would be a hard-fought game, but I do think Georgia would come out on top. because Not good enough quarterback play for right. Michigan. Uh, Washington doesn't scare me. Florida State doesn't scare me. They're all, you know, Washington's got, you know, the, you know, nine lives like a cat keeps finding ways to win. And then Florida State's without their Heisman contender. They might lose next week. <laughs> they almost lost to Florida. I know. I'm just saying, uh, Louisville's, yeah, they lost to, uh, Kentucky. But- Perfect. Perfect scenario, though, for Georgia or Alabama in that instance, really for Georgia. Louisville losing today, they could beat Florida, knocks the ACC out, uh, and that helps Georgia regardless of what happens next week. Um, I love the hypotheticals, though, I do. It's what makes college football. I agree with you, though, because, like, Texas in that passing game, you're like, man, like, with time to prepare, that's – that's going to be the best set of like quarterback and receivers unless Brock Bowers is back and fully healthy, 100% ready to go. That changes the calculus of everything. And maybe in a month that's the case, but, um, and, and McConkey being the same, but like, yeah, yours to AD Mitchell, that's, that's the kind of talent that can win a title. You're right, though. Yeah. You couldn't have said it better, Jeremy. The 12 and 0 teams, not as scary as those one loss teams. Uh, and that, that's very interesting. I didn't, I haven't thought about it. And you're exactly right. So, Jimmy, what's uh what's the score for next week, my, my man? Oh man, I was trying to think about that. As I, I think uh, I think it's closer to what Vegas is calling. I'm going to say Georgia 35, Alabama 31. What is what is Vegas calling it right now? I think they were saying Georgia four and a half, or at least that's what I saw on the ESPN app a little while ago. Eh, sounds about right, right, Roddy? Um, I was gonna, I was gonna I was thinking four. Yeah, four and a half, four. Five. It's. I mean, it's gonna be a good one. If Georgia had blown out uh, Tech like I expect them to, and you know, Alabama needs a uh, last second uh, touchdown to win it, I can see them coming out and saying like six and a half, you know, seven and a half, something like that. But uh, no, it's. I'll tell you, uh, Kirby Smart's not gonna say a damn thing about Brock Bowers this week because, like, if that came, like, if it came out that he wasn't playing, that line would move. Like it's that pivotal. Yeah, he would. It would. Somebody said uh, CJ2135 says may come down to Woodring, may come down to the old freshman. Hey, he's been lights out. Uh, uh, you just ruined it. Way, way to jinx him. Hey, they've been, no, no, I, I haven't because they've been talking about him being lights out on TV for the past uh, yeah. seven games. Dude, he's, he's, been, the, he's the number three scorer in the nation. That's crazy. It may come down to Thorson. You never know. Hey, again, hey, shout out to Thorson. Another week, no punt returns. Uh, the man might he what he's he's got potentially three games left. Could go a whole season without having any of his punts returned. That's I'd like to get Dave McMahon in here for that one and see if that's ever happened before. You'd have to dig pretty deep, I think, for I wish to find that. To look and see if at the regular season has anyone ever gone a regular season without having a punt returned. I would think. I mean, I want to say no, but. Ignorance is is bliss in that. I, I don't think so, right? It's tough. That's tough. Jeremy, we appreciate you as always, my friend. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Y'all hit that like button. My man. He always shouts it out. We'll see you soon, Jeremy. Jeremy's great. He is, man. Everybody's great that calls in. You know, we've got we've got a star-studded cast here. Um, and you were asking uh, Gary about the whole uh, 
you know, Hyundai logo on the field. You know, if you look at the Georgia field, there's a right down by the end zone, there's a G there. I know it's supposed to be the power G for Georgia, but I think it's for Gary Gilbert. Hmm. <laughs> the big G in the middle of the Georgia logo, but there's that little one kind of hidden down there by the goal line. I think that's for Gary. That is good. No, it, it, it's crazy, though. It's it's cra- like I was watching the game and I, I had totally forgot about the whole Hyundai field because they made that announcement what at the beginning of the season right and everybody was like oh that's kind of a sellout but I didn't I didn't after that I didn't too much think about it at all and I'm watching the game and, and there's a big ass Hyundai logo I'm like oh my god yeah what like that's see if I'm if I'm Hyundai I make them change the Rambling Wreck to like a Hyundai car like, <laughs> right contract. Yeah, yeah, we've got to yeah, update the bad car. marketing guys. Like, yeah, here's where the wreck. It's a Hyundai. I mean, hey, man, we already got enough bad, bad mojo to begin with. So, they're like, hey, you got to bring out an electric vehicle uh, now. You got to get rid of that old school and, and bring out an electric vehicle for that. Uh, Gary said, nice one on that one. You know, it was, that was a good one. Yeah, we, we appreciate Gary. Uh, cra- crazy game, guys. Crazy weekend for for college sports, and you know. Apparently now I'm seeing folks saying in the chat that Mark Stoops is not taking the A&M job. Whoa. So, um, Did Kentucky pay up? I don't maybe, – maybe Texas A&M pulled a Tennessee, uh, and they got their fans together on Twitter and decided that wasn't the coach that they wanted. Um, be interesting to see. Uh, speaking of that punting, guys, we do have that, David. That here. sounds to me like it was a trial balloon that was sent out there. You, I mean, yeah. And it, and what, it, what do you think if we hire Mark Stoops? Mark Stoops is really close, you know. And then they go, dude, you got a guy who has two winning uh, conference records in eight years. Yeah. You know, he's And he's in the East. He's not even in the West. And he's only had a winning conference record twice. And he and may have just earned himself a raise. I, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. His his agent is Jimmy Sexton. Look it up, Dane. I guarantee you. I just assume uh, they, so. Like I'm not even gonna look it up. I assume they all have Jimmy Sexton. He negotiates with himself. Yeah, he calls himself right. He just calls himself. Dave says um, he believed no. He believes no one has not hundred percent on the punt. Uh, no returns in the regular season. Johnny Ball game. That's a. You know who that is, right, Roddy? I do. That's all eighty eight. Yeah, all eighty eighty eight. There. You don't even talk uh, to me every week. Yeah, I like yeah. him more than you. That's fair. Yeah, I, I get to talk to Raya like once a month, and that's if I call him. Uh, he doesn't call me much. It's okay. Well, no, your internet doesn't work, apparently. <laughs> I am, Roddy, I just want you to know, my man, I have my laptop. Here. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I have my laptop set up on a bed right now, sitting on a folding chair in a spare bedroom so we can sit here. My back feels like I've got a, a 10,000-pound weight on it, and Bro. I'm here for you. All you're you're just talking about producing right now. Like all of our home setups look trash if you turn the camera the other way. No, oh, this one's bad, man. Compared to my, I, I miss my background, man. I you should have brought I it with it. you. That would have been <laughs> the play. <laughs> carry that on, <laughs> dude. I had I had enough stuff to carry on that plane, dude. It was an absolute disaster. Um, needless never, to say, I've never flown with a kid. You're braver than me. Needless to say, we'll be staying home for the holidays from here on out, uh, the upcoming years. Bama's kicker. You got to check the kid in the luggage. We tried. We, I mean, Roddy, we like, like, they don't allow us to do that anymore. Like you could do back in the late nineties or 2000, whenever you had kids. Dude, I, my aunt was telling a story real quick. She said, uh, I was a woman showed up at the, I used to go spend time with my aunt. My mother passed away. I was very young. I'd go spend time with my aunt in California. 
and all of a sudden a lady sh shows up, knocks on the door, says, uh, I'm uh, stewardess with uh, Eastern Airlines. I'm here to pick up uh, young Roddy Nabulsi. My dad had decided for me to fly back. You used to could fly unattended, you know, without an adult. The airline would help you get there. They actually sent a stewardess from the airport to my aunt's house to pick me up. My dad hadn't didn't let her know. It's like my aunt had no idea. Someone just shows up and goes, he's got a flight to catch in like an hour. That would never happen in today's society. Somebody nope. coming to nope. get sent to go pick up your child. With a piece of paper going, here, I'm here to pick up this kid because we're flying him from uh, San Jose, California to Atlanta. Right. Oh, but in a weird way, it kind of sounds like the plot of a, like a 90s Hallmark movie that ends up in a rom-com by the end of it. Yeah, like get Roddy home and, and he's trying to get home for the holidays and this this stewardess is, you know, helping him out get there. Some polka music. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. No, it, it wasn't fun, guys. I, I'll tell you that. It was not fun. But we, we made it. We're doing great. Uh, let's see. See some. Let's see some. Hey, let's see some questions in the chat, guys. I, I love this question here. CJ2135 says, is Bell our second best threat outside of Bowers? McConkie, I think. But yeah. Gonna say, look, I was going to say, CJ, I think um, you've got a little recency bias there with Lad being out. I will say, Dylan, and this is this comparison is so. CJ oh, is right. Say, he is. I don't want to say lame, but. Not over McConkie, Roddy. Yep. Bruh. No, bruh. Yep. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I will not stand here for this slander of, of my beloved Lad. You should there for this slander. It's, 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 it's true. How many uh, return yards did the man have? Yeah, you yeah, career stats. Is that what we uh, need? Do we need to? Do we need to? Can you can you put Lad run power up the middle? <laughs> you probably could. No. I mean, he blocks those dudes. He block no, them. you couldn't. I mean, the the comparison I'm saying is Debo Samuel. He's a he's to me he's a fantastic running back. I think he's as good as any of them. He's a great wide receiver. He's a great return man. Vlad McConkey, absolutely dangerous. All SEC, all American, will be drafted high. But I'm thinking that the ceiling for, you, in other words, you got a triple threat instead of a double threat. So the answer to the question is he the second best threat outside of Bowers? Yes, because he has more categories. So I disagree. Indy Clip, Indy Clip, he's always here with us. He said, Did Lad throw a <laughs> touchdown? Question mark. Has he had the opportunity? <laughs> question mark. I don't trust him with it. <laughs> no so he has four categories that he can go to. So uh, he's dangerous. Look, even just for us to be mentioning him in the same realm as Alad McConkey just shows his development, his ability to, you know, get out there. There was two games. What was it? Old Miss and Missouri. He didn't register anything except for two kick returns. No rushes, no, re no, no receptions, nothing like that. Uh, he was not happy about Right, and he comes out and he he shows out. Um, Taco Leg says, "Hey, by Roddy's logic, Bell is the number one threat." Yeah, I, I'll, I'll put it to you this way: I would not feel bad if he was getting the the largest number of carries at running back. I would not feel bad if he was getting the most number of throws beside behind Brock Bowers because I think Brock is just too much of a nightmare on the throwing game. I would not feel bad if he was. I don't know about returning but returning kicks. If he's your primary kick returner. I think George is doing fine. I think he is a Percy Harvin-esque, you know, uh, multi-purpose tool that will only get tougher as the game goes on. You see that crazy catch he had? I mean, this guy is just a badass. And again, 
part of that is the fact that I was on him before anybody else. I'm like, this kid is special. He's got the pedigree. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's a monster. And so maybe I'm a bit biased because I want the guy that I called out early on, want to see more and more of him. But again, last year, kid started as a true freshman in a pretty loaded wide receiver group. Um, he's he's a real deal. Oh, and he blocks like like he he, he enjoys hurting people. So might I remind you that Lad McConkey returned punts at some point in his career too. His back yeah. just hasn't allowed that this year. I don't know. Just saying. Mm. They don't trust. And I think he's a better blocker than Bell. Even though he's Dog 85 says Bell's going to be a star next year and he's going to shine against Bama. Then David Stone, not 30 seconds later, over on Facebook, says Bell's going to have a big game in the SEC championship game. And he's a lot, of folks, a lot of folks uh, saying he's going to he's going to shine. <laughs> like this from Amari. Hey, yeah. what did he not uh, kick a field goal? <laughs> he yeah, really good. Yeah. Unlike your lad McConkey. Damn, just shitting on lad is crazy. Hey, um, lad's one of my favorites. Let's see here. I saw a it's, it's such a like a discussion of the privileged, right? Of like, oh, Georgia has Lad McConkey and Dylan Bell. Yeah. Oh, oh you, and you have, I'm not, not going to take the Mercedes today. I'm taking the Rolls. You know, you, you and don't like have Lad and Bowers today. I'm sorry, you only have Dylan Bell and Kendall Milton. I'm so five threats. Yeah, like like Indy said, Bell's dad was on the show too. So yeah, we do have quintuple threat. Oh, yeah. so Mr. McConkey bit on here. You need yeah. me to call Benji McConkey and get him on here? I'll do it. Yeah, do, do it, it, please. Yeah, let's see what he can do. Win the title. No, I don't want McConkey. him calling me out for what I said. Yeah, all right, right. Well, his, his name's let's, Benji. Let's not call, call him. him. His, his name's Benji. I call him Dad McConkey. Dad McConkey? Uh, bro, Jesus. Yeah. And that's how Dane gets fired. That's do, do I need to leave now? Like, I can go I to bed. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. Yeah, just let it go. Let it go. Um, looking forward to, you know, next week. This game's going to – I want to say this is the national championship game, just to send an SEC championship form. It's probably the yeah. two best teams. I mean, you know, you said that earlier. I've been I've been swearing by that's the thing because, again, I don't – I haven't seen any team that Georgia wouldn't be favored over. Uh, again, and we had a lot of people talk about Oregon, and I, I appreciate all the people in the uh, comment section saying, you know, you guys are underrating Oregon. Uh, Oregon's really good. Yeah, and I know that Georgia has beaten Bo Nix, which sometimes only makes you feel like, he, well, he's due. Uh, but they are playing fantastic. They're playing much better than they were. The advantage that I see there, yes, Georgia killed them last year. But, again, that was uh, uh, the first game for a first-time head coach. And he's going to run the system that he learned at Georgia. So Georgia kind of knew what he's going to do. And everything kind of went their, Georgia's way in that game. And they just blew Oregon out in that first game of the season. Hell, it's probably Georgia's best game in the regular season. Uh, this is – they're better now. Uh, they're, they, have, they have better players. They have better quarterback play. But I still think that the way – the matchups, like Georgia in that game um, – Again, you know what you're going to get. There, there won't be any surprises, and but you've got better players. So if they both, uh, the they both have familiar schemes. They both kind of know what the other one wants to do. But you're going to do it with Brock Bowers and Lad McConkey and you know, Dylan Bell and Ra Ra Thomas and hopefully Tate Ratledge back and you know your uh, your defense and you got better players. So I think Georgia wins that against Oregon. They kill FSU right now. Um, Michigan, I think they beat them. 
Um, one thing I worry about Michigan is when they put up, you know, when they have this 47 offensive lineman lined up to the right of the ball or to the left of the ball, and you, Georgia just does not have the defensive front. That's why I was talking earlier about, hey, let's talk about Georgia Tech. What's the most concerning thing about this game was that they were able to get push and they were able to run on you. Yeah, yeah. They were in chunk plays, like 27 yards, 13 yards, 9 yards, 7 yards. They, they what was it, 180-something yards on offense? For tech, yeah. How many yards does tech have? Let's see. I, I don't. I don't have. We ran three. for two sixty two, which is impressive. Which you expect, you know, because that's Let's one of the see. worst uh, run run defenses in the nation. But while uh, you look so, that up, Paul, I, I think the messed up thing to me is we can all sit here and agree that the national championship is next week because Georgia and Alabama are likely the two best teams in the country. However, that gives you no grace in this committee because if Georgia loses this game. Like you need a lot of other stuff to happen to sneak in there as a four seed. And so mm -hmm. th this is pivotal. Like you don't get a gimme against Bama. Like Georgia can easily be left out with a loss. And it's, it's critical for Georgia to get a win and not make that a discussion. So 205 yards on the ground for tech. They did count uh, that, I guess, pass to Singleton as a pass. It was a 57 yard run basically. So I, I would count it as a rush. 262 yards on the ground for, for Georgia Tech. Pretty 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 good. Uh for Georgia, we haven't really ran through the stats. 13 to 20, 175, one and one for Carson Beck. Uh Antoine uh mentioned this is the first game for Beck under 250 yards. 175 for him. 262 on the ground for Georgia. 6.7 an attempt there with three touchdowns. Kendall Milton. We already got a donation for uh, Kendall Milton to get all the helmet stickers this week. So uh, Casey, Casey, shout that, shout him out. He, he did that early. Kendall, a healthy Kendall Milton. You could tell, you could tell after Dejan, you know, had his unfortunate fumble that I don't want to say he was out of it because that's not that's not Dejan. It just Milton. It was Milton's game after that. Uh, and, and Milton took over, and that's what you know teammates do. They've been around each other for a long time. When one guy kind of stumbles, the other one picks him up, and that's exactly what happened. Love it. Finished with 68 uh, reception yards, five receptions. After him, Bell, three for 37. Dejon, two for 31. Only five guys caught passes. Uh, one guy who we haven't talked about yet, and we've got some comments over here. I'll click on it right here from old Stick D's. He says, could Arian's performance be the, quote, tip of the iceberg of what he might do next week and after? Arian Smith, two receptions, guys, for 23 yards. Seems like he's getting yeah. a little bit more involved in the offense. Is that because McConkie and Bowers aren't out there? Possibly. What, you know, probably. Um, 100%. <laughs> and Robert. Yeah. Uh, but, folks, this is, I want to say, like, uh, who was it? It was James Cook for you, Roddy. That I feel like every week you wrote James Cook. He's he's gonna he's gonna break out. He's gonna break out. And then finally, I don't know his senior year. You you were you were right, um, and he broke out. You know that was your. It, it almost became a running joke, and now I feel like maybe Arian Smith is that now. Everybody's like, hey, what's up with Arian? What's going on with Arian? Where is Arian in the grand scheme of this all, Roddy? Um, I thought it was great that they threw him. Two easy passes. Yeah. I mean, let's call it what it is. Carson Beck's not a great deep ball thrower. They're, right. they're not hitting guys in stride. They're not on target. Even the one to uh, uh, Lad McConkey was a week ago. 
he had to come back to it and he makes a great move. It's, it's hung up short. Uh, I mean, maybe Carson could do it more. It's just, we have not seen a lot of great throw deep. He had, deep he had a good one today to love it. That was, yeah. I, I texted, I texted a buddy of mine. I said, first four games, uh, Beck's overthrowing. Love it right there. He's grown. That, that That's really helped him, but continue. Sorry. Yeah, but those those haven't been great. Georgia hasn't called up a bunch of those. They don't hit them that often. Plus, if you miss it, now it's you know second and ten. You know, or if it's a uh, uh, you know you can get behind the cha- uh, change, it can be a wasted down. Georgia has a lot more effective plays to run than you know dropping a big bomb out there. The one, the few times they have run it, uh, I think there's at least uh, definitely one, maybe two, where it hey, it's on the money. This is great. Or it's a little bit behind you, just a hair, and Arian missed him. And you're like, man, that's just got to be a confidence breaker. He knows he's fast. He knows he can catch. But if you're if you're not throwing many of them to begin with, and then you're when you do throw them, that guy drops them. Well, hell, are you going to call it again? No. You know, every uh, possession is so important that you go with your higher uh, percentage plays. Higher percentage plays are throwing it to Brock Bowers, throwing it to Lad McConkey. So when those guys are healthy, throwing it to Ra Ra Thomas, those are more effective. So it's all about percentages. It's all about what's going to hit. Uh, yeah, you love the big bomb to Arian on a go route. You know, hey, run that nine, run that nine route, and let's see what happens. But if you miss it, now all of a sudden you, you know, you're you're behind the sticks. So uh, I think a couple easier routes, the handoff to him last week, get him just a little bit of confidence, show what you can do. And then the two easy passes to him today say, look, you know, if we this you're our guy when Lad McConkey's not here. Get him. So uh and also if you are a defense and you see him out there, like they never throw to this guy. They never throw to eleven. He, he's just a distraction on a go route, you know. He's he's gonna run a fly. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shade towards him. Um, we'll go man to man because he's just trying to run somebody off out of the uh out of the coverage. So now all of a sudden it's like, well, shoot, they are throwing to him. So I think this could be a great spark for him. And uh, I'd love to see it. I mean, I love the uh, – to me, uh, we haven't talked about Mike Bobo. I thought Mike Bobo's uh, design to play to uh, Dejan Edwards with uh, the throw to him on the sideline with Oscar Delp as a lead blocker. And he ran, what, like three other – everybody else was just a vertical route to clear everybody out. I thought that was a genius play. And, again, uh, when – you're trying to get guys back into the game. I thought that uh, Dejan was, you know, he's, he felt bad about dropping that ball because they scored on it and the camera pans over and he's going, that's my bad. That touchdown's on me. He wanted to go out there and do it, but he really couldn't get away from him because Kendall was playing great running off the right side, but they said, okay, we're going to, we're going to get him back in the game. We're going to toss him one on the edge here. And he just converted. It was a long third down if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that, that happened. And then if we're going to, there's one there's one time that if we want to overreact, Bobo got in his head a little bit. They're driving the field with Kendall Milton. I mean, he's gashing them, 10 yards of carry. I think it's third quarter, maybe fourth. And they get down there and they go to two runs with Dejan up the middle. Doesn't work. And then they go to a screen pass to Makai Muse. And Arian Smith is out there as the lead blocker. He, his guy had already passed and almost intercepted that was a weird series of events once they got down to the red zone with that. Don't assume that that personnel is always Bobo. I mean, at the end of the day, personnel is Kirby, right? Of who's on sure, the field sure. for what plays. So, sure. um, you know. It seemed, seemed weird. 
the, the drive was going so perfect. And then they throw Dejan in there, and no, no offense to Dejan, this guy saved your ass numerous times throughout the season. But you could, it was clear as day that, that Milton had the hot hand. Yeah, and they it ran. Uh, yeah, in the middle of third quarter, they pull him. And I know the exact series you're talking about. Georgia had to settle for a field goal, the only field goal they kicked. Yep. Uh, uh, you're moving down, and then it's uh, inside zone that didn't work. Um, I want to say inside zone again, or halfback draw or something. They didn't hit, and then uh, again, it, this was that clunker game. You had uh, Makai Muse. He fumbles the ball out of bounds on a punt. Muffs one. Luckily, it goes out of bounds. Uh, very dangerous. And then the ball hits him in the hands. And look to me. That should yeah. be a catch. So, yeah. again, that's not a Mike Bobo issue. That's, hey, catch the damn ball and run with it, dude. I mean, we set up a special play for you. Now, maybe you're getting too cute there. But at the same time, you know, if you run inside zone, you know, over and over and over again, eventually they're like – and at one point uh, I thought one of the hottest plays of the game was when they expected Georgia to run it. They ran both inside linebackers through both A-gaps. They had two A-gaps covered, two B-gaps covered, and two C-gaps covered. And I think Kittle Milton got to the outside and uh, might have been a little hole there on uh, Xavier Truss, but he uh, hit him for a big gasher. And again, then there's no there's no backups because those two inside linebackers came right up the gut. So I thought that was a well. We can talk about the one the players missed, but by the design of that run, it should not have been successful. But Kendall Milton and uh, the offensive line were able to take on all comers. They had seven on five, and they still got a big run out of it. So I thought that was great. Did you mention already, Roddy, um, for Brock and – I think you did. But for those that are just tuning in with us, Brock and Ladd, are, are we expecting them back next week? I am. I, again, I didn't – I specifically asked Kirby about uh, Brock on Monday because I knew that uh, playing makes things hurt. And uh, he was actually limping towards the end of the week last week, or end of the game last week. So I know that he was bugged. Uh, but now we had already told people that uh, Ra Ra Thomas and Tate Radledge and Lad McCockey were not going to play this week. Uh, so that we were we were on there. Thought thought Brock would definitely expect those guys to play next week. So there's no way you're not going to be able to keep Brock out of it. Uh, you're not going to be able to keep Lad McConkey out of it unless Lad's back ex- explodes or. He's hit by a bus or something, you know. What about Rattler? Rara's questionable. His ankle, from what I understand, was pretty beat up. And uh, I, I, Kirby said that the Tate Radledge, you know, knee on a knee bump. When we when we broke the news the night before uh, on what was on with him, that there was no structural damage and that it was a contusion, I asked again, like, well, how how bad is a contusion? You know, he's like, I mean, isn't that just a bruise? He's like, a contusion can be anywhere from a, a soft tissue bruise to a uh, shattered patella. <laughs> <laughs> so like he's like it's a contusion it hurts really bad it's swollen and uh, uh he had a brace on most i was told we told people because we found out he's wearing like a huge brace on his knee so like, well, this guy's not going to play against tech you don't need him and to be fair i mean they ran off the right side between trust and mims repeatedly just they, they tech had no way to stop it. they they started yeah. bringing him over there and again if they ever decide to fake one and let uh, Carson keep it. Yeah. Good well, Carson's got to go for the first down when he does it because he again, came up with a That's not something that he normally misses. And, again, the spot was bad there too. But, I mean, normally when he's got to run like that, he takes it. It's just – it was an off night. Even your your best players had 
an off night. I mean, except Kendall. <laughs> but hey, all the helmet stickers for Kendall. I'm, yes. You're a win away from another SEC championship and three wins away from your third straight national championship. Like, yeah, it's easy to overreact to little things against Georgia Tech, but the game really wasn't in doubt. And Georgia didn't get more hurt, but you need your you need your dudes back for Bama. So What's what was crazy? The final score? Got 31-23. Right. So you had 14 points off of turnovers for Georgia Tech. Without them, it's three field goals. Now, granted, one of those was a they intercepted the ball in the end zone and they drove 80 yards on your ass. That's that's not a short field, but the first one was a short field. That's a quick, here's a free seven points, you know, because you fumble it on your first play, you give it to them on a short field, they punch it in as they should. Uh, the other one was more demonstrative, but again, you went from that catch in the end zone that should have been Dylan Bell's touchdown, except for the Cedric Van Pran thing, to an interception going the other way for a touchdown. It's a 14-point swing. Georgia, if you take away the two turnovers and some dumb penalties, Georgia not only wins this game, they cover handily. So I know I, I can be very pessimistic and very Munson-esque, but I'm just saying this was a rough game where you still came out victorious. We got we got Jermaine King in here. KC says, when are y'all going to answer my question? KC, what's the question, my friend? We'll answer it. I haven't seen it. Do we need to scroll back up? I don't know. I don't hey, know. Um, I'm about to slide out, but I want to give a shout out to ASW Distillery. Fiddler Bourbon is what I've been drinking tonight. Yeah. If you're in Atlanta, the tasting rooms, I think, are something you need to try yourself. Oh, you're empty. Yeah, I had an empty one, too. That Yeah, I'm out of that one. I still have some empty ones, so. But, this is the, the last of it. Um, I thought you would be done with that hunker vodka by now. I need a second one of those, the way you were turning that up. How do you know that's not the second one? Ooh. No, that is the first one. I made uh, one uh, one drink with it, and then I tried some of it uh, straight up chilled. Straight, straight first, chilled, just so I'm like, okay, let's get a clean vodka here. Let's see what goes on. And then I had some in a, uh, a frou-frou drink that I will not describe on here. <laughs> I'm here for it, man. No judgment. Like you like, won't judge him, but these this comments section will yeah, I don't want to get roasted by Gary and KC3 yeah. and Caraway and Carl. Yeah. Um, sweet nasty. The hunker vodka, every time it's purchased, a piece of that goes to Classic City Collective, which is George's NIL arm. And if you're buying Tito's vodka, they gave $20 million to Texas last year. So you can kind of see. The difference. Yeah, if you're drinking Tito's, you're you're supporting Texas. That's all yeah. you got to remember. You're pretty much putting up the horns every time yeah. you buy Tito's. Yeah, it's like oh. hey, you take a sip, you're saying go horns. Yeah. Uh, but if you're drinking Hunker, you are saying go dogs. Horns down. That's all you got to remember. And you can do those at once. Um. Anywho, they're great folks at ASW Distillery. The other thing I'll remind people, uh, since Paul's traveling, I'm filling in for him tomorrow on the All yeah. Things Georgia Show, which means that Paul has subjected me to watching the Falcons. So I know what the hell's going on. So Paul's going to be out again, huh? <laughs> See, Dane, we really could have kept that between us. I we got really you back, Well, look, Roddy, it's not even that big of a deal because I go on at the end anyway to promote Film Don't Lie, and then yes. we're going to do Film Don't Lie right after. So, it like, it it's all It works good. out great. Works I'm going to call Paul one day and say, you're doing Film Don't Lie. And he's going to call Gary Gilbreth. At least he works. Jesus. Um, we appreciate you, Dane. I appreciate Thanks you so much. much. See you, man. See ya. We'll see Dane uh, tomorrow night. He'll be on this. He'll be on this channel for a while. Where's Casey's 
question. Oh, it's right here. Casey says, what's the difference between 2021 and 2023 if UGA loses next week? The sheer number of other teams that are still in the uh, running. Correct. Correct. 1,000%. Yeah, it's it's not – I mean, yeah, it's the exact same scenario. And Georgia got in. But also some other teams lost, you know, and that was – hey, it wasn't a – automatic shoe in that Georgia is going to get in that in 2021. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it, you ha- I just think you win. Obviously you don't have to worry about it. That's, you know, stupid. Yeah, but well, dude, If you win. And again, I, I don't even know who I'm going to pick because you guys know I can be very pessimistic. People are like, do you have the little brother mentality against Alabama? I'm like, no. And it's not pessimism. It's just Alabama does the one thing that Georgia's not good at stopping. You know, and you don't have the the defensive front that could just cave things in, you know, when you had uh, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt, you know, those guys who were just in things up front. You don't have those guys. Uh, I thought Warren Brinson played a great game. I thought Christian Miller played well. Uh, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins got called for a stupid penalty that I don't think was a penalty. He tackled a guy, tossed him to the ground. They gave him a 15 yards, extended the drive. I'm like, man, that they should have been off the field there again. Clunker, the little things that shouldn't go wrong. So, uh, but again, those guys are not Jordan Davis. They're not Devontae Wyatt. They're not first round draft picks. And you're going up against a decent offensive line, but a quarterback who can scramble. And let's say you trap him back there and you, uh, you're like, hey, you're not going anywhere. The dude can keep scrambling, keep a play alive. And that's why I would be nervous about next week. But think about it if you do beat him. Now you're 13-0, you're in the playoffs. I don't care who you're going to face in the playoffs. You're probably going to definitely make it to the championship game. And you could have a, you could lose one there. But you you get healthier. Maybe Pop comes back in time for that one. I don't know. But it's going to be – give Kirby Smart 15 practices for the playoffs. He's going to win. Yeah. So next week, think about you're going head-to-head with Alabama for certain recruits, you know, throughout the – not 2024, but for 2025. Uh, now you've got two wins over them. You're playing for your third title. Uh, you've got 25 guys recruited, uh, drafted the last two years. This is a you're gonna have some first round draft picks in this one, maybe three. Uh, I mean, two definitely, possibly three, possibly four. Who knows? Um, this could be the changing of the tide. I mean, yes, you people like, well, Georgia's won the last two, but the respect people still have for Alabama. You're already seeing people say, hey, we want Georgia instead of we want Alabama. If you win next week, man, this is, again, something that hasn't happened. This is, so. this is just such a – and it's, it's – I don't want to hype the game up too much, but I, I think it is. It Probably the biggest game for this three-peat to continue. Or oh, for, the, for this three peat to to manifest, yeah, it sucks that, because you know, because you could get you could get knocked out here, and you could have you could have one loss, and you, you know, out. and you know, and you know that Georgia, if if they lost Alabama in this SEC championship game, they would face Alabama again in the national title game because they're going to beat whoever they're playing in the in the semis. They're not going to put Georgia up against Bama for ratings purposes. They're not going to do it, and they would face Alabama again for the three peat. The problem is, though, if you lose this game, there's just too many teams right now, and that's what I was hoping with Rivalry Week could knock out some of these for yeah. Georgia. I mean, you needed these and other it, teams to lose, and none of them. You needed you needed Florida to beat Florida State, 
right? You even can't though count on Florida to do shit, right? Okay? But but even though Don't even though, like you said, Louisville probably does beat Florida State, but you have to you have to wait another week for that to, right. for them to get knocked out. Oregon, Washington, one of them is guaranteed a spot. And Michigan, come on, Washington State, you were you were winning that game, right? Right. Michigan is Michigan's not losing to Iowa. Iowa cannot move the ball. I watched that game on the flight, and that was the 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 nastiest game of football I've ever watched. That's in my why life. your kid was upset, man. Yeah, it was. It, the kid wasn't the bad problem. It was. It was getting through TSA. Was oh, blaming your wife. No, it wasn't the wife either. It was TSA putting us in the special line for the for the stroller. And never mind. Um, but the problem is Michigan's getting in. There's two teams already: the winner of Oregon, Washington, Michigan. Now let's say you lose to Bama. Bama's getting in. There's three, and then you better hope that Texas loses in the Big Twelve championship, Thank which you, is not going to happen. And then there's four. Then you're out. And you're looking at it going, what if? What could have been? And That's why this game is so big. Zero national sympathy because, yeah, you were the two-time mm-hmm. national champion and you you went undefeated. But you didn't play anybody this year because that's the narrative, even though a lot of the teams you played are ranked. And they'd be like, well, if you deserved it, you should have beat Alabama in the SEC yep. title game. It's a play-in yep. game. They yep. don't care that it's not fair. And, honestly, they're a little sick of Georgia. Nope. No, does anybody else in the nation want Georgia to be in it again? Probably no, not. You've won two. Yeah. Get out of the way. Let somebody else win. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter that the teams that would get in are like, well, it's Alabama. You see them over and over again, you know? Uh, yeah, but but trust me, if they can if they can put oh, I lost you, dude. Yeah, we can't hear you. You suck at this. <laughs> I uh yeah, and this is a good point. You know, OSU lost to Michigan last year and got in, and Michigan did, Michigan did as well. That's another thing that uh, the other conferences are mad about. Two years prior, two SEC teams got in. Last year, two Big Ten teams got in. The other conferences are very hot about that. They're like, look, we've got to get the ACC champion in there. That's garbage that they don't get in. So m- trying to get uh, two SEC teams in again, the other conferences are going to lose their mind. It just it doesn't work that way. I mean, I say it doesn't work that way. It's just, it's not fair. But you're going to have to win to get in. It, it, like I said, it goes from being the the playoffs or semifinals, finals. Well, this now they're quarterfinals. So you got eight teams that legitimately have a shot at getting into this thing, and Georgia just happens to be playing in a quarterfinal. You're going to have to beat Bama. I think I'm back. Okay, you are. No, you're not. No, I see your mic's already out again. God damn, you suck at this. Taco Legs got it right. Need money for a new mic. I'm gonna stop bringing that uh, uh, speak and say. You know, the cow says. Uh, yeah, I think this is a good one here from uh, CJ2135. Uh, this is history book stuff. If Kirby wins this game, and again, you're right. It changes the entire outlook of the series, and then all of a sudden, now Kirby's. He's 2-0 and in his last games against Saban, and uh, I, people will be writing uh, obituaries about Saban and how he's lost and how it's not the same anymore. I think I'm just going to have to hold this. I think it, the connection is loose. Yeah, a little uh, karaoke there. A little yeah, Look a little, Texas. Oh, did you ever look little, up Look Texas? I did. It was a good song. It was a good song. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do a little ASMR. I'll just like, you know, George is going to win the SEC championship. You know, time to go to bed. 
No, um, it should. It should I'm telling you, man. That you game is. Scary, they will be number one in the ranking this Tuesday. Ooh, Please. I don't know. Michigan just Michigan just beat Ohio State. They gave. Yeah, they were like they were what three or. I'm telling you, they might jump Michigan up there. Just letting you know. I don't know. James Caraway, Roddy, if you need Paul to just go ahead and not work next Saturday, I'll host. I have great audio. James, you're never coming on the show again. There you go, James. See, I do. I've, I've got people. I'm calling my boy uh, a damn beast media or the dog father. They'll take over the show in a heartbeat. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They got the good stuff. Want to hand out some uh, some bones, some helmet stickers? Well, let's, let's finish up some of these other questions real quick. Saban retires if he loses, retires if he wins at all. I don't know, man. Go on top. Dude, if he wins, I, I, I could see them beating the other teams. If Okay. If he loses, no, he's not leaving. If he wins, I could I could see. I could see him. him Here's the thing leaving. about retiring, because people ask all the time, you know, when when does he retire? And do what? Go sit on the lake with Miss Terry? I'm sorry. Oh. That's going to last for about 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, he, I'm sure like, oh, he'll go into TV. No, he doesn't. He, I don't think he enjoys that either. I don't know. He's getting paid a lot of money from Pat McAfee to show up on his show every Tuesday yeah. or Thursday, whenever it is. But that's not his main job. He does that for what, 15, 20 minutes? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I could see him retiring. And, but the thing is, he's going to do like Spurrier does and just show up at Florida or South Carolina, whichever one he's feeling. He'll just show up randomly. And uh, <laughs> did Georgia lose dog 85? What? I don't know where they came from. Comment section have been a little uh, down on the uh, team, you know. Look, so. look, it's a it was a tough game. You were expected to win by twenty five points. You won by eight. You know, I mean, it, stranger things have happened on rivalry weekend. Right, that's so tough to say. Rivalry. Yeah, I've, I've bombed it like four times on the show. Rivalry weekend. Um, you know. We, we we asked this earlier. Dave McMahon helped us out. 2009 was the last night game. Can you – that was so long ago. I mean, if you if you told me, hey, Paul, you got to put your mortgage on what time Georgia, Georgia Tech's going to play, I would have told you noon. One, No questions asked. When this game came out at 730, I knew something weird was going to happen. I mean, and seeing that stadium full was kind of weird, right? I mean, it was full of Georgia fans, but just yeah, seeing say, it, I'm used to seeing it full of Georgia fans. <laughs> right. But just seeing it full in general was was kind of weird. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It, it was a little weird. Coach at A and M. Who? Oh, who? That's fun. Okay, since it's that's not, what he can do. He can go coach A and M. Yeah. Since it's, oh, since I love this. He'll do a podcast with David Pollock. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Um. Yeah, y'all should do an entire POS ASMR style. That would either that would either lose we would either lose everybody that watches this show or we would gain just like some weirdos that, that would follow this thing if we if we did some ASMR POS. Um I don't know if I'd be in on that, but I am in on this. Hey dude, check with this. I just saw this. I'm so excited about it. They have a uh, our friends of the rogue shop have a Delta H. <laughs> Delta 8 THC no cannabis advent calendar. One a day, baby. What a day. And you, don't, you don't know what you're getting until you open that thing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, folks have been asking for that. Uh, you know, kids have advent calendars. I remember being so 
uh, clueless when my dad's girlfriend said, yeah, we're, we're getting you guys advent calendars. What the hell is that? Dude, dad's Palestinian. We we did we had Christmas at our house, but that's because uh, my grandparents made it happen. Dad was not a Christmas guy. He's like, what, what the hell is Christmas? You know, don't get me wrong. He loved it when he got used to it. He's like, this is great. I get uh, dressing and we give presents, and he was very generous with what little right. we had. We were poor, but uh, she came up. We didn't there was we didn't understand caroling or songs or any of the traditional stuff. And someone said, hey, I got This woman shows up. I got an advent calendar for you. I'm like, I don't know. Calendar calendars are gay, man. Come on, this is stupid. <laughs> and uh, she's like, No, it's you open up the thing and there's a little chocolate inside. I'm like, This is where the hell has this been? You know, I'm like 14 years old, never gotten chocolate, but hey, rogue shop. <laughs> They've got uh, delicious, organically produced treats in the Christmassy closed doors there at the rogue shop. So you get one a day on the mittens. It that is awesome. So, um, I mean, there's surprise edibles each day, and you're not sure what you're going to get. Uh, so, check it out. It's uh, 60 bucks. What a great Christmas gift! And that's today's the 26th. So, if you order from the rope shop and use promo code Bulldogs10, uh, they get you 10% off. So, it would you'd save six dollars, and you could have it delivered before uh, December 1st. So, you're whoever you're getting it for, even if it's for yourself. Hit the rogue shop and get it knocked out. Let's go. I, I can't. I, you, you, you got me. You, you tickled me. I, I can't, man. That was, that was good. That was really good. No, but that, that is kind of, that is pretty sick. What is that? Sixty bucks. So you get six dollars off if you use Bulldogs Ten. Covers your shipping. Um, yeah, I would, I would like, I would like somebody to get that because there's, there's, I guarantee there's going to be one yeah, day. I, I think I'm gonna call them up and be like, hey. Hey, uh, we're a sponsor. I think we need to have one in the studio to demonstrate the show, you know. There's going to be one day that Richard, owner of uh, Rogue Shop, is going to put everybody on their ass. I don't know which one it is. Hopefully, he picked like a Saturday. There's a day. Somebody was saying take the, the Delta 9 first. They do have a Delta 9 calendar as well. I think that one's even more scary than the Delta 8, bro. Delta eight. Don't don't play with that. <laughs> don't play with either one of them. Um, yeah. You want to hand out some bones? <laughs> sure. I, I mean, I, I just. Oh, Gary said he's going to bed. The liar. <laughs> just don't know where to go after the calendar comment, man. It just it just really tickled me. Um, so, first off. We got we had we got a donation for this. So if you want to start putting donations in, guys, now would be a great time to do so. So you can get your dog the uh, helmet sticker that you want, aka get me a new microphone um, before <laughs> next week. So because this one, uh, the traveling has just warped this cord, and I'm going to have to get a new mic before next week. Um, guys, I'm going with Kendall Milton. KC already donated $9.99 for Kendall Milton. Look, I'll be the first to tell you, man. <laughs> Trevor said, please help Paul so he can keep his job. Yeah, please. <laughs> please send some money, guys, so I can get a new microphone. Um, I was, I was, a, I, I'm, no way. This just go out again? No, I can hear you. Okay, because it just said it, it did. All right. Um, 
I was I was Kendall Milton's biggest critic. And I think his dad even called me out on Twitter about it one time. And I apologize. He called about everybody on Twitter, man. I spent yeah, the entire big, post he's a big guy, man. championship arguing he's a, with him on Twitter. He's a big guy, and I don't want to be on his bad side. Your son's doing really well. And uh, your son is an integral part of this offense now. Uh, and he's, he's getting hot at the right time. So shout out to Kendall. Get those dog bones for Kendall. Um, damn, KC. He's, so he gave the $10 for Milton on offense. He says nobody for defense. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, defensively, Roddy? Oh, you know what? Christian Miller. Christian Miller. He, he hasn't gotten a, a dog bone from us. He had a, I think he had a tackle for a loss or he sack had, or two. Yep. He had a sack. Well, half, yeah, a yeah, uh, sack for five yards. He's a guy that uh, played very early last year as a true freshman that didn't see the field after the first couple games. Now he's worked his way back into the rotation. Shout out to Christian Miller, Cedar, Cedar Grove guy. Uh, and then Gary's been calling for it. He's been calling for the golden bone for the uh, punter. Great all season. He does deserve the golden bone. We haven't given him enough bones, but he, he gets the golden bone. Hasn't hasn't allowed a return yet. There's my three, Roddy. Who you got? Okay. Uh, on defense, give me Tyke Smith. Um, golden bone recipient. Yeah, I mean, uh, seven tackles, which would be tied for uh, second. Um, a tackle for loss. Dude played very physical. I was all over the place. I was impressed with him. You know, it was impressive to me. Smile Munden actually led the team in tackles. Um, I would give him one mainly because he he and C.J. Allen can split one, a coverage bone. Both of those guys, 30 yards downfield in coverage. Yeah, yeah, they did. Those were incredible plays. Those passes were not completed. The fact that C.J. Allen and Smile Munden were running downfield, covering uh, tight ends and running backs out of the backfield on wheel routes, uh, genius. So I thought those were big. But my, my main bone for the uh, game on defense goes to Warren Brinson. Six tackles, uh, one Ooh. tackle loss, playing on a bad calf. So Shout out to Warren. And we give one to Terry Mingham Dawkins, but he got 15-yard penalty. Look, that that shouldn't have been. That was, he was, a, that was bullshit. It was bullshit. He was, a, he, was a, he was a runner. He was not a quarterback at that point. Yeah. Um, hey, what about Marvin Jones Jr. with the uh, strip sack? He, that, I, I've forgotten about that. I did like the fact that he's, he just he, – I can't wait to see the snap uh, snap count, see how many snaps he played, because he seemed to be out there a lot. This is a guy who's really come on this year. And I, I like the idea, because we talked about this before, seeing Michael Williams on one side and uh, Marvin Jones Jr. on the other. We talked about those bookend guys when they came in. We're like, I want to see that. And I also want to see how many snaps Michael played tonight. He – I don't know if he was, like out, he was there. out there all the time. Yeah, he he wasn't out there a lot from just what I remember. Hey, shout out to Amari, man. Gave us gave us a twenty spot. Says for Paul's mic. Yeah, what a guy. Oh, Amari Carmichael, that is that guy's the best. Again, uh, has been here since I first started doing this stuff. You know, what a guy, man. I remember yeah. just turning it on, going, "All right, what do y'all want to talk about?" And Amari's like, "Hey, let's talk. Let's talk defense." Ooh, CJ2135, give him five bucks. He says, great job all year. Bone for the O-line. Good call. Good they, call. And, again, that's without Tate Rutledge. Uh, Marius Mims went out and killed a man. I actually tweeted, I got to go back and find out what point. He gets downfield and just open field blocks a guy onto his ass and pancakes him. Uh, the There's a couple traps that were great. 
uh, when they pulled on Powers and Counter. They, they pulled on a counter. The two guys come around. They kill everybody, and Georgia gets draws for, dropped for a three-yard three loss because Dejan Edwards wasn't tight on their heels. I mean, you got those two guys pulling from the left side to the right. I think it was a uh, – uh, was a YG pull, uh, counter guard in the uh, – I don't know. I have to go back and look at it. So you I know, counter? Hmm? I don't know. I just – I was naming a rapper, the YG. No, so this yeah, the guard and the uh, tight end, the Y tight end, they pull around the edge, and he's got to be right there with him. But he goes way outside and gets dropped for a loss. I'm like, come on, man. Get, get in tight. Say- get off. You're small. Get, hide off that guy's ass and just go up the field. But – uh, the offensive line, that is a great call, CJ. Um, I got to watch the game tonight with uh, Nicole's dad. He played offensive line for Akron U back in the day, and so he watches offensive line play. He kept shouting out Ernest Green. He was like, yeah. Ernest Green doing – he was like, who's that 77? And I told him the whole story about wearing Devin Willick's jersey. He, he thought that was amazing that Georgia's doing that, but he kept he kept asking me, yo, 77, who is that kid? Well, where's he from? What's he looking like? And so shout out to him. Obviously, he did something if uh, the old old line man uh, was shouting him out. But here's the thing. Now, I am going to disagree a little bit, CJ, because you did have a uh, couple holding calls. Yeah, they were, he did. He now, did. one of them was very ticky-tack on uh, Dylan uh, Fairchild. I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Uh, the one on uh, – and Xavier Trust seemed, was about to get in a fight all game long. But the, uh, they were That's saying right. that Cedric Van Pran wasn't downfield when the ball was thrown. He was. Dude, it's uh, it's uh, three yards and one uh, in college and one and one and a half in pros. What's crazy though is that, like you said, and he the, ratted himself out. The the hold on uh, Fairchild with a one point five second release that was, like you said, a little tic tac. Yeah, when that you put crazy. that arm out, that's crazy though. That ball was like he, he literally stepped back and threw the ball. Don't put the don't put that arm out that far. That's yeah. Uh, that that was much. So, who'd you pick on the offense? Who uh, Dylan Bell? Mm. You know the guy that's that's uh, more of a quintuple threat than Lad McConkey. Damn. Yeah. This is this is. Uh, I, y'all know I love Lad. I do. I was one of the first people to talk about Lad being. Uh, told people before that. I guess I think he had that breakout in the uh, G Day game. I'm like y'all. This kid's going to be a monster. Uh, but uh, let's go Dylan Bell. Uh, one rush, 29 yards. Um, six catches, for, uh, 37 yards. Uh, and then uh, return for 39 yards on kickoff. We almost broke that one. That is a – That was one of the dumber uh, kickoffs I've seen in a while. Yeah. 105 yards uh, combined. So – that pooch kick that they did, uh, you, you know, you, you, I was talking to uh, Nicole's dad about it. I was like, your your kickoff team doesn't practice that that often. So two guys get out of position, and you saw what happened. Dylan Bell almost took off on it. Doesn't doesn't make sense. Um, and then also the the um, I I don't know the onside kick there at the end felt like a little early for me. I don't well, know. yeah. We we haven't got special teams yet, but I was going to be uh, uh, lastly on offense. I'm going to hit up uh, Dominic Lovett. Uh, shout out to Trent Smallwood, who in his PFF breakdown said this could be the game that Dominic Lovett just uh, 
rips them. Dude had a team high uh, uh, five receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown. But they had no answer for Dominic Lovett. And Georgia went to him early, and they were successful, and then they started spreading it around. Granted, Dylan Bell had a few, uh, but, man, every time they went to Dominic, it was lights out. He, he just – he killed uh, Tech. But then uh, definitely one more – well, I'll give one more on defense. C.J. Allen and uh, Raylan Wilson. All right, you're, you're done. Raylan Wilson, uh, first – extended amount of plays that he's had. I thought that was great. You know, he 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 had that uh, huge tackle for – I don't know if tackle for loss, but he had a huge stop uh, catching a guy out of the backfield. But C.J. Allen on the pooch kick – I mean, on the uh, onside kick. Think about it. You had a inside linebacker on the front line of your hands team. Yeah, that was – Who the hell kind of, does that? It's all yeah. supposed to be wide receivers up there, man, and running backs. And you're like, you know who's got good hands? Who's got good soft hands? C.J. Allen, but again, lots of times they'll kick to a guy and people, they have these gunners that run right through him. So as the guy's catching, he just gets shit hit out of him just, and you knock the ball loose. You try running and doing that to C.J. Allen, he's going to pack your brains into a little baggie and hand them to you. So great, uh, yeah, great hands team, great special teams guy. So uh, uh, the fact that, you know, he's filled in multiple games for, uh, uh, Dumas Johnson, I think that that's a, a testament to him. And, again, true freshman, running a very complicated defense. And the fact that you could have him and Raylan Wilson side-by-side uh, in your rivalry game, lights out. CK3 is asking for score predictions for next week. You want to wait till Friday for that? Yeah, uh, we, I think can give him a lean maybe. I can see Georgia scoring on that defense. Uh, yeah. I can see four touchdowns and maybe a field goal to 31. I mean, I that's what I'm saying. Uh, you probably get eight, nine possessions. I can see them scoring once a quarter, you know. But then how much will Alabama score on Georgia? I have no idea. And here's the thing. Georgia could shut them down. It could be a route. Because they like, okay, here's the plan we have for Milrow. Here's how we're going to contain him. He's got to beat us with his arm. We don't think he can do that. I can see a pick. I can see them fooling him, you know. But I just don't know that you can contain him. But if you do, man, they're going to have a long day. So I'll, I'll say this. The, the most Georgia thing that could happen is Caleb Down gets a return for a touchdown. A punt return. Georgia hasn't given up a punt return all year, right? Caleb Down returns one for a touchdown. Because you went head to head battle, one of the most knockdown, drag out recruiting battles I've seen in a long time. Georgia and uh, Alabama fighting for Caleb Downs. You lost that one. And then all of a sudden, you, Alabama's losing and they freaking throw it to Jermaine Burton and he scores and wins the game. Just saying, if you had to write a Georgia horror film, that's what it would be. And then all the teams that uh, you need to lose win and you don't get yeah, into the yeah. I'm just saying we've been there before. So, well, I like CK3, 31, 21 dogs. That that makes exactly what I said. Thirty Georgia scores four touchdowns in a field goal, and uh, Alabama scores three touchdowns. I could definitely see that. I think CK3 might have it. What else you got, boss? No, that's all my that's all my helmet stickers. I give out a ton of them. <laughs> yeah, you you surely have. Well, guys. 
Helmet stickers are normally the last thing here. We appreciate you guys sticking around with us. We still got 300 in here after two hours, man. We appreciate you so much. The show's growing leaps and bounds. Uh, you guys are the reason the show grows. So uh, we appreciate you a ton. Next week, it's going to be uh, Battle of the Ages. Time's that game start? Four o'clock, yeah? Yeah. Four o'clock game. So we'll see you. And look at these. Uh, yeah, Roddy's channel is in her months. And um, let's see. Does it, I got too big of a head. Does this fit? Yeah, it does. <laughs> Ow. All right, guys. It's going to be a battle next week. Put your hard hats on. Pack and your lunch. <laughs> pack your lunch. We're going to war, okay? And uh, make sure you guys are ready. We'll see you after the game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I'll be able to join the, the post-game react show for some time. We um, – we're going to be meeting with one of Georgia's uh, best sponsors, best uh, NIL guys, best uh, supporters. Uh, you're not going to be here with me? I, I'm not sure what's going to happen after the game next week. So we'll see. Well, but we'll if see. not, uh, we got, uh, I'm sure you'll have a good time with Dane. This, uh, this hat will be for me then. I'm going to war by myself next week, guys. Hopefully, Georgia wins because I can't do this by myself. We appreciate it so much. We'll see you next week. No, no Jermaine. We're not no, not doing that. <clears throat> no, we're not doing that. All right, guys. We'll but see we, you next week. We do appreciate it, Jermaine. <laughs> Thanks, guys. One more hour. See you guys.